Welcome to day three of the I Am Talk 2016 Kona Super Specials with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isle. Team, welcome along to take three of I Am Talks, Kona Super Special, day three, 2016 edition. How you going, John? Good old Brian's sitting over there thinking we're rookies, just making <laughs> error John even era. said the F word. He said this yeah. is a fabulous day. It is a fabulous <laughs> day. Brought to you by Endurance Sports Travel. Oh, tell me about it, John. EnduranceSportsTravel.com. Ken Glaren's team will take you to a multitude of races around the world. They get over to Ironman Germany, which always sells out. They take you down to Brazil, which would be a really tricky place to travel. And I did note one of the guys was saying yesterday he went and did Ironman New Zealand. And one thing with Ironman New Zealand is in Taupo. Beautiful place, bit of a pain in the ass to get to. It's a, I don't know, how, how long is the drive from Taupo to uh, Auckland? Is, is it a I've never done that way. I've gone from Wellington to Auckland. Maybe it's a, somewhere between, a couple, maybe about a couple of hours. Yep. It's just a bit of a pain in the butt to get there. Pain They'll take the you from Auckland down to Taupo. Job's good. That's so what they do, man. They look up, they, you know what they do, John? They service you. Do they really? Wee! <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get when you go extreme. Not asking about that one, but uh, you can go (laughs) there. There's no stone left unturned. Yeah, and uh, right. So endurancesportstravel.com. Check them out for all your racing traditional sponsors, John. Athlinks.com. So you're networking for endurance athletes and extreme lactic buffer, John. Yes. What about the patrons? Patrons. We had a couple of patrons down. Big part of today's show was we had our wetsuit aquathon today. Oh man, I tell you what, John, there's some controversy about the wetsuit. We're going to be going into detail on this one. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to fine tune it year on year. Today, it was a good fun event. Could have been done slightly better by the race organisers. So just it was a disaster in some ways. But in some ways, the big mistake was Thursday. Well, we we had Uh, the team riding on Wednesday. I know they should have done the aquathon first. This is meant to be a challenge, like John. It's not, called, it's not called pussy camp. Get, you, get yourself, get your core temperature up to maximum and then go, oh, I'm just going to go ride the Iron I reckon they should have kept the suits on for the bike ride. There you go. That's our roll, team. Tell you. Uh, so yeah, just the patrons of the show, if you are a patron, thank you so much. These shows only happen because you are here. So we, And John and I are really sincere about this. The support you get to the show really means a lot to us. So thank you very much. We had a couple out there today. Stephen Ferrari Morris. Oh, that's uh, a good name. He loved his name because we, we went Morris Minor. As in the car, yeah. and then we had Ferrari, who was loving it. And we yeah. had uh, Elastigirl, Liz oh, uh, yeah. was down there. She wasn't racing because she is racing on Saturday, but her partner Steve? or husband, Stephen, Mar- Stephen Marshall, he was out there racing. Good work on the last name. So, yeah, so we, had, we had a good crew there. Yeah. Okay, guys, so today's show, we, we, we do want to talk about a couple of things first, but we've got lots of pros for you again. So today we've got Tim Don, we've got Trenda Butzoni. Now, Jody Swallow, I. For some reason, didn't record the bit where we say Jodie Swallow. So she's the person who you talk to after a minute. You know, it's her because she won 70.3. And she oh, won ITU. ITU, ITU sorry. Recently. ITU re- uh, recently. So she's in there. James Kanama. Um, Carrie Lister. <laughs> ben Hoffman. <laughs> Scott DePhillipus. So there's lots of pro stuff in here today. Some really good interviews. Carrie Lister. I, I did say that. Did you? I get the feeling you're not listening. <laughs> 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 and then uh, we've got lots of kind of in-between bits. So John and I went down to the expo area. We did some expo work um, and obviously a lot of work around the Equathon. So John, let's just give an update on what's happened since the last time we did this bit of the show. Um, well, I think there's probably one it. big thing. Uh, well, we went, we, went, <laughs> we went to the strike, I think. <laughs> we, we didn't actually end up staying because we, we interviewed... Um, 
Jim Vance the other day about power running meters. Yes. Uh, and we went along the Stride Clinic and we both got the feeling that... We wanted interviews. We only go to these things for interviews. And we thought this is probably going to be the same stuff we discussed with Jim the other day. And so they were putting, they were basically putting on a presentation. And like, mm. like when we went to Bahrain, and Bahrain were great because we got lots of good interviews. From, most of them from today come from there. And uh, but it was just the athletes standing around so we could have yarn. Whereas the Stride was very much, they're going to do a presentation. So there was no chance for us to actually get interviews. So and we aborted pretty quickly, didn't we? Is it, it would have been really interesting. <laughs> But we've done a lot of work, a little bit tired. We had some other things coming up, so we thought, abort, abort, abort. Yep. And I was, we're sort of we're looking for our strategy, our abort strategy. Bevan decides <laughs> to do the straight up the gut strategy. We were at the back of the room. There was an aisle down the middle, and and the screen was at the front. I was thinking we should go exit stage left. Yep. Bevan thought exit straight down the middle. No, I don't think that was my strategy. It was just that as I exited down the steps to go left. What happened, John? He made a classic fall <laughs> it wasn't just like a oh, I fell over it was a stumble big footsteps everybody turns around he almost falls flat on his like face plant because it was going towards face plant because yeah, it was just about to start so everybody's sitting there it was actually a little bit late Craig Alexander was late turning up and uh and Bevan made quite the scene but my recovery was good wasn't it yeah. I owned it I got up and I said yeah. I just wanted the attention team and everyone kind of laughed and and then John and I just sneaked out the side and yes. you know, caught up with Quarry quickly and Jim Vance. Um, so what else has been happening? Um, athletes finished the, I don't know what we said yesterday, but all our camp athletes got through the, through the big bike ride, mm. which was fantastic. We had a great barbecue last night out by the pool. We had a, a rather fastidious um, pool attendant. Yeah, he's going to call the cops on you. He was, he, he really, you needed to go out there and you need to have your, your key ID room for, for your room. Apparently you're supposed to book the barbecue area three months in advance and I'm not exaggerating. And then he had this panel of, of rules and forms and there was a form for everything. It and made the Ten form, Commandments look small. There was a form for a form. It really uh, was. There was an incident report, a suggestion report. Oh my God, it was insane. It was but ridiculous. we had a good night. Yeah, it was a good night. Now, Bevan, today's Thursday. Yep. Should we do a run-through of the course now? Or should we do it on Friday? Give I think tomorrow. Okay, we'll do that Because really, no one who's going to be racing is going to be listening to this today to hope to feel on there about the course. So it'll be good it's for the listeners. for people watching. So if you want to get, get the John Newsom run and oh. you and James Isles rundown of the course for when you're watching on Saturday, we'll do it at the start of tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll go through the course, what to look out for, the names in terms of the places and what have you. So what we've been doing today. So, so, so today started off, we headed down, a few of the guys did the undies run. Was, mm. it, was it good, Brian? Oh, you didn't do it. You didn't go. You didn't go. <laughs> he didn't yeah, go. It was fantastic. <laughs> he loved it. But, uh, but they've changed it now. It used to be you'd start on this little side street on Lee Drive and you kind of run up to Lava Java-ish and come back. Now they start in the King Cam Hotel uh, in the big car park where they do the, oh, yeah, the, the, big, the, uh, the awards functions. and all that. And then you take off and you do a circuit from there. And apparently there's so many people that there were people finishing with the last people still coming out oh, of the Oh, really? Park. Yeah. Wow. So it was a continuous stream of people. Wow. Yeah, fun, great fundraiser. Oh, it must raise a lot of money too. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, so then we went along afterwards, and John was saying leading to the, uh, to the Equathon this year that we do have a slight problem. It might be a bit congested. Mm. It, was a bit, it, was, it was a bit messy, but we made it work. We made it work. And it added an extra element. So we had to go up the start of Palani Hill, which is, it's not, it's, I don't know, maybe 200 metres, but it's uphill. Maybe my heart rate, going to tell you that much. And when you do that, and it was a later start time, so we probably kicked off at about 930 Later start time, it's warmer, toasty, yeah. running up a hill at the start of it. It was a good pressure cooker moment. So what basically happens, we all head out to the boat, and it was a handicap start, and handicap's always a bit suspect, but I think generally speaking it was probably... Oh, a few people know. were probably a little bit harsh on themselves. Yeah. Um, and but I was passing most of the people in the last sort of 
400 meters or so. Yeah. So, yeah, we could fine tune it. So then, so then the swim took off. We're thinking maybe what we'll do next time is actually do a predict your time. Yes. You know, and, but you've got, to, you've got to aim for your fast time. Mm. You know, predict your fast time and, and no watches. So you've very much just got to kind of, and that, the winner will be the person who predicts closer. But anyway, so we took off. Um, John, when did you leave after me? You were a little way in. I reckon it would have been a good minute and a half. Okay. Which is probably about right for you and I in the yeah. water. You know, because I think when I got out of the water, I turned around and your pack was maybe just, you know, I could see you coming in, so it was pretty close. Okay. Now, admittedly, I don't know if I swam around all the boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Truth comes out. I think I may have swam in quite a more of a direct line, but I, I stay closest to the boys. So I got out of the water. And how were you feeling out of the water? I was okay because I, I used my old suit, um, yep. which has got a little bit of a hole in it. It's oh. got a reasonable hole in it, so I was actually getting a bit of water f- water through the suit, which was quite nice. Nice, nice. But geez, you heat up quick. Yeah. And uh, the curly freight train was just up in front. So I must have, did you up. see me? Could you see me? Because I must have only just got out in front of you. I couldn't really see you. I went for a fast transition. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have the greatest transition. Oh, I'm, I'm, there was no mucking around. So. Uh, and then we had to run through the people and then ran up and I, and I actually got in a pretty good position because I, I wasn't quite sure how well I was doing because I passed a few people and then I saw Iona and she'd started quite a bit earlier mm. but admittedly I think she was walking by the stage and she didn't have a wetsuit on. Yeah. Iona, you can hear this. I know you can hear it. So, um, But I thought, well, she must be close to the front but then Paul was a little bit ahead of everyone else and so I think I must have been close, to, I must have been second. Mm. So then I turned around at, at Lava Java, he'd back and think maybe I can try to chase Paul down because I figure it's a little bit faster. But then I couldn't really see him. And then I get around the corner and he's standing on the side of the road. The finish line was not super clearly identified. It was not. So, so I just ran past him and he goes, oh, where's the finish? <laughs> I was like, see you later, mate. They'd been barricading the, the finish area off and I'd so I kind of said, just stop when you get to where you can't run any further. And he, to, to be fair, that's a fair interpretation of the rule yeah. stop where it says road closed. Yeah, and so... I keep running, left him for the see you later. And so I first across the line, I was first across the line, mm-hmm. but in fairness to Paul, and, and I agree with this, I think it was the fear of call, he got the winning's plate because I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have caught him. I don't think I would have caught him. And full credit to the Curly Freight Train Mark Pietro Fessa. He's had the, the, the trophy engraved. Oh, it's awesome. Little plaques for each winner. It's going to be great. Yeah. So but to be honest, as much as I um, you know, would have liked to have got the win, but yeah, <laughs> took you out because <laughs> that's the only race that we have nowadays. Next year, I'll be first across the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll kill me next year. I might start some swim training, you know, yes. get it happening. Um, and then we went down to the expo, we had the media conference. We're going to release that tomorrow. I have to say, the guy who ran it this year did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who he was, but it was a bit more. He's bit, oh, not, not that the guys in the past have been bad, but it, it was quite a snappy, mm-hmm. efficient. The interesting thing was, and I think this is a reflection, my big thing from this race this year. I don't know how interesting the race is this year. I thought that a while ago, but I'm getting more interested as we get closer to the race. I, I thinking, think it's an interesting race for second. Yes, but I'm thinking there's some doubt in there with Frodo and stuff now. I, I, there probably isn't, but I'm going, it's a bit of a, you know, he's had a kid, he was smashed it in the middle of the season. So there is a, there is a seed of doubt for me now in terms of Frodo, Reef, oh, it'd be a hard call. I'm, I'm really excited to see the rest of the race because, yeah, the win... Yeah, it's yeah. somewhat predictable, but I'm really excited to see who's going to step up this year. I actually asked, cause, uh, so tomorrow we're going to release a media conference, and I've got five minutes with Reef and maybe two minutes with Frodo, um, and a couple minutes with Seb. But, um, but I did ask Frodo, does the way he races change now he's got a kid? Because, you know, like he does, he does lay it on the line, doesn't mm. he? There's no kind of being conservative with him. And he did say, you know, you do think about, should I take these kind of risks? So it'll be interesting if that, you know, even just that thought influences him. But to me, I'm more excited about next year's race. You know, like if Gomez, potentially Brownlee, yeah. you know, if, 
Now, if next year, if that happens, then you're going game on. And also, like I was looking at the guys in the in the media conference today, and you've got like Tim O'Donnell, you've got like, um, oh, Kingley's not, the, you know, but the guys are from like from third down. Mm. Almost like if those other guys turn up next year, at potential and race at potential, like there's there's a league of guys who are just kind of no longer players, mm. you know, and that's that's a real kind of fascinating thing, isn't it? Yeah, right. game on. But we'll talk about that next year. Okay, so what what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the pro interviews on, and we've slotted in a little bit from um, some of the. Equathon Challenge, also some of the stuff that we've just done throughout the day, and I will see you at the end. Hit it. Hit it. Okay, we are here. We have the multiple world champion over various different ITU distances, junior world champion, aquathon world champion, duathlon world champion, and Olympic distance tra- champion. Let's, let's ask, is it pretty cool to think that you've been a world champion? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, um, man, that must be a cool man. I wish someone said I was a world champion. Can you just say who it is? T- Tim Don. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone knew world champion. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool feeling, though. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, I must admit it was 10 years ago <laughs> that I won my last world title. So, um, yeah, it was a while, but yeah, something always be with me and um, world champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, multiple. Ten, 10 years ago, the world championship, but tw- tw- over 20 years since you've Here been we go. Here full-time. We go. <laughs> I'm not going to pull this one out. But John once beat you. Well, <laughs> 1996 world championships, it wasn't actually the same race, because back then... Oh, we'll back it up. It was that was in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, they, ju- yeah. Ju- they had ju- junior, junior A and B. Yeah. yeah. So I was junior A, you were junior B, uh-huh. so he was probably two years younger than me, but we were But anyway... How the hell do you stay motivated for, for 20 years? Because I'd imagine back then you were probably almost a full-time athlete. So what's, what's kept you going for 20 years? Um, I don't know. I just love it. I mean, it's not really a job, but it is a job for me. Um, you know, as you said, that was Cleveland, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so you get to travel a lot. You get to meet some great people. Um, I think, you know, definitely motivation comes ups and downs. You know, you're not always highly motivated. You know, you, you've got to have the troughs to, to have the, the highs. But um, I don't see it as motivation to to a degree because, as I said, I I just really enjoy what I do. <laughs> so, you know, when you're enjoying something, you don't need to, you know, get motivated every day and get super pumped and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think I'm pretty lucky in that respect. I mean, it's... It's a pretty cool sport. <laughs> I mean, we're here to talk sort of Ironman stuff, mm-hmm. but out of your, out of the ITU maybe you've come group? to the wrong place. Then <laughs> I've only done three. <laughs> well, but um, highlights from the ITU career is it is it that World Championships in Lausanne, or is there any other real big highlights that you had? Um, I think in terms of performance, it was '98 in Lausanne and then 2006 in Lausanne. That, yeah. And um, but no, definitely for the whole kind of like the big bang is definitely Sydney Olympics mm. I was 21 um just scraped into the Olympic team with Simon Lessing and Andrew Johns and obviously mm. back then Lessing was the main man yeah, and AJ yeah. had a wicked year that year he'd won the last world cup in Lausanne so he was one of the favorites to to sit on their coattails with a lead up to it yeah and if there's any nation um you know back then that 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 was a dominant force it, it was Australia so Sydney Opera House that for me was just like you know yeah, the first ever Olympic triathlon. I can tell my, my, my grandkids about that. What, what, was, what was your job going into it? Did, did you have a specific job or was it just... I was not race? a domestic. <laughs> no, no, honestly. No, no, I was... I, I, I actually... Um, it was quite funny. I think the, cri- the criteria was... I think you had to be automatic selection. I was either top 10 or top 15 in the world was automatic. And then there were these two races. And the reason they did that was um, because Lessing was ranked so high yeah. we didn't race that much that year so AJ actually over 
overtook him oh. in the world ranking. So AJ was pre-selected, oh. and in the end, then they rechanged the selection criteria. So mm. it was like top two athletes. Oh, really? Yeah. So those two were, were pre-selected, and we had two races. It was the European Champs where I was fifth, and then there was a race Windsor Triathlon, which is mm. an iconic race in the UK, and I won that. AJ was second. So no, no, we didn't. I don't think we'd even talked about domestic. And let's be honest, how the hell are you going to work for Lessing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Bright used to, mind you. Yeah, Back yeah. for um, uh, Assistem and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, not in those races. But did you, did, you, um, did, you, did you pretty much know you had third place wrapped up or was it, you know, were you surprised yourself to get into the Olympics? Um, at the, at, um, uh, like after the first races in 2000, I wasn't surprised. But yeah, if you'd have asked me 98, 99, it was Richard Allen who was... Um, mm. <coughs> He was a definitely a better athlete, but I was, you know, I was junior, yeah, yeah. 98 junior world champion and I was just embracing the sport. I'd finished my studying. So I went to Australia for the winter, 98, 99, lived on the Gold Coast, trained with, um, oh, not Dennis, Dennis Cottrell um, yeah. in Miami and, you know, trained a hell of a lot with Wattie yeah. and um, Amos um, yeah. and a load of other Aussies. Um, so I was, I was definitely, every race I felt I was getting better, more confident. I did the St. George Formula One series. But no, I think um, I, I, I was the actual lowest ranked ITU athlete to, oh, to really? qualify oh. on, on the, on the yeah. ranking system. But that's because it was a four-year cycle and I'd only been doing the World Cups uh. for two years. So I was getting top 15s in the World Cups. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was just, um, I think a couple of the, the senior lads thought they had that third spot sewn up. And then, yeah. When did, when did the inkling for, for long course sort of start to come in? Was I know you were probably trying to hang in for 2012 to get to London. Mm. Um, was the inkling coming before that? or and, and when did you actually go, boom, I'm doing it? Oh, no, definitely it was after 2012. I'm from London, um, you know, um, yeah, I grew up in West London. So, um, no, it was all about London. You know, Beijing was hard for me because I didn't finish the race because I, um, f- um, st- I got ill before the race. So I was absolutely healthy for the race. But I just lost three days before. I'd lost so much energy and whatnot. So I, you know, it took a while, well, more than a while to get over that. Um, but no, I, I think I would have turned longer earlier if it wasn't in London. But the fact it was in London. Mm. And then, um, obviously, as it got closer, it became more and more apparent every year after Beijing how good Alistair was going to be and obviously is and Johnny wasn't that far behind him Um, I think I got 2010 I got second at the world sprint champs to Johnny Mm. and that was the first time I think he'd beaten me like in a Mm. big 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 race and I'm like oh bollocks (laughs) I'm number three now (laughs) shit top 10 in the world and number three Brit and then obviously the talk of domestiques I think um, the argument behind that is with we're one of the most successful ITU countries in the whole world, but we'd, you know, we'd never won an Olympic medal. And obviously, with the funding being Olympic-driven, they really had to, you know, cross all their T's to all their I's. And how was that for you at the time? Ah, oh, brutal, tough. Yeah. I mean, I got seventh in, eighth in Sydney, the first first World Cup of the year, yeah. and I got sixth or seventh in San Diego, and they still didn't select wow. me. Mm. Um, you know, I had to win both of them. <laughs> Alan and Johnny were racing them, so, yeah. you know, it was pretty tough. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was very, yeah, yeah, bitter, well, I think. You know, you come, to, you come into the long course, and, and it's kind of an annual event, whereas mm. with short course now, it's, a, it's every four years. Mm. What, what, what's the difference on that front? Um, well, you say it's every four years, and, and it's changed now with the WTS, where it is the consistency, but when I was doing it, it was still very much, you know, there was that one day, you know, whether it's, one day is and you're world champion so for me it's similar to that but you'll remember I've only done three Ironman this is only my second trip here so I, I definitely wouldn't class myself as an Ironman athlete definitely a 70.3 athlete who's slowly making the 
the foray into to Ironman racing. Mm. We've, we've, we've talked to a couple of the former short course guys and how, uh, today, how, how have you find the, found the adaption from running three minute K reps to you know, running sort of four minute K pace? Oh, well, it's simple. You know, I, 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 I found it, I struggled at first to slow myself down. And I don't mean that in a, oh, I'm so fast. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you, are. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> no, but it's, um, yeah, you know, like when you're training for ITU, you've got a big track session. If you run a, a 258 as opposed to a 256, sugar, that's not good. You know, mm. it's two seconds. But for Ironman, just as long as it's, I know 345 350 you know mm. you're in the right zone and you know it's more about putting it together on race day for Ironman so um yeah no I I found the training a lot more sim more simple you know time on the bike time in the position as well you know obviously when I first started it was non-drafting in the early 90s but I've ridden a road bike my whole career so to go from that to a two hour 10 minute time trial and a four and a half 440 time trial holding that position you know we had to work on that and work on my position from you know riding very high at the front to slowly yeah. keeping the power and and, and and getting as aero aerodynamic as possible how's your body handled there um touch word not too bad i think um i struggled with with run injuries not massive injuries i was one of those guys that I, i'd always have everyone has a oh, how, how's your calf 10 out you know out of 10 well i'd have like 10 out of 10 on feel and then the 10 out of 10 on pain so i'd always stop and i didn't have any qualms stopping in the middle of a session if i felt something wasn't right as opposed to oh i'm i'm, I'm hobbling i yeah. think there's something wrong i would never get to that stage and and um my one of my early coaches always installed that kind of in me so um you know i can look after it long longevity and consistency um so yeah no with not running on the track i think this year i've done maybe four or five track sessions the whole year well obviously in itu you know you're doing one a week and then sometimes two a week leading up to a big race mm. um so yeah i think in terms of running injuries yeah swimming is a lot more simple i don't need to swim as much and be be so explosive you know going getting to that first boy yeah. <laughs> is crucial in itu with the iron man the first boy is two kilometers away <laughs> so yeah you can you can pick your line are you, are you enjoying the training i mean i'm definitely enjoying it now at first I, at first i really enjoyed it because it was different and then i started racing and did absolutely terrible <laughs> and i'm like oh <laughs> um, but no I, then I was working with Julie Dibbons and we, we said this is a process you know there's no short way from riding Criterium Star Racing to being competitive and running off the bike and I was always running terrible you know I'd, I'd come off and I'd run like you know 116s 117s while the fastest in those races were 112s 113s and I'm like I'm quicker runner than that yeah. you know but the bike was killing me and you know I was just fatigued so it took it took a while to to get the formula right the synergy right in my training and there's no short way to get strong you've got to respect it so I think the, the second season I had I was I was competitive and then the third season and this season I've, I've definitely been you know very competitive in 70.3 racing in terms of your race last year it looked like you were sort of in the mix coming off the bike but maybe sort of second main pack and but then only managed to sort of a 30301 marathon maybe talk us through the through your day last year oh i got a penalty on the bike oh. so at manalani i had to step down for five minutes so oh. i was with the lead group then um, yeah so um <laughs> yeah i got it for cutting in in front of brent mcmahon yeah. um so i rode the last bit on my own and i'm like holy 
fuck with this win with this heat and <laughs> yeah. oh man the race is over and then um i had stomach issues on the run so in, in t2 i don't <laughs> i don't know if, yeah you have those gps trackers yeah so yeah. I've, I've got i had it in yeah you have the pocket at the back of your giraffelin's short yeah. yeah so i had it in that so i'm sat down putting my socks on feeling sorry for myself i'm like oh i need to go to the toilet so i'm in the changing tent going to the portaloo pull my shorts down here oh, it falls in. and it falls <laughs> into the bloody portolo i'm like so i go to the toilet and it's not good and then i come out and then there's like 60 year old people helping you going do you want sunscreen do you want vaseline i'm like no can you tell them i've lost my gps tracker and they're like what so i, I ran out and i shout at heather i've lost my gps tracker it's in the portolo <laughs> who, who got it yeah i don't know brave man no so, so they gave me another so i ran out on ali drive and came back and then they gave me another one to replace it oh, but funny. i stopped four times on ali drive and three times at aid stations having to go back to the bathroom unfortunately and I walked a mile in the end because I just had no energy because I stopped taking on calories because I'm like what do I do and I I got to the point where I was like do I not finish and call it a day and I was like no I I have to finish my first Kona so I said well I need to take calories on otherwise I will not will not make it so the next aid station um halfway along the Queen K going out I there was special needs I took my two gels and my stomach was okay so I was able to kind of get back in the game um but yeah I I I don't think I was ever in the game <laughs> after that, that what are they doing penalty. with tracking this year it's the same it's the yeah. same it's not the quark is it it's quark, quark it's, it's a different right. system we're using right. um we used that earlier this year I used it in the Brazil Ironman and I came off the bike and they're like oh yours isn't working here's a new one so mm. similar i don't expect it to work. <laughs> mm. What are you finding the differences between the ITU and the WTC? Um, Organisation. Organization. Yeah. It's definitely more, more age group driven. Oh, well, it's not. It is more age group driven, more, you know, I mean, I think the fact they got sold for, um, was it 600? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's a business. You know, the ITU is definitely a, um, you know, a, a, um, an organization for, for the olympic movement for professional athletes and the age group has benefit massively on that mm. um you know it's definitely a bit more grassroots you know itu you know when you've seen the races in new zealand it's very much blue carpet center stage you know tv cameras helicopters well here it's grass you know six in the morning you know big big muddy grass fields you know courses that aren't as well marked and b- barricaded off and stuff so it's quite cool going back back to that um you know the people again i think are passionate about the sport you know the 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 guys that i deal with um but it's a business for them and i think that that's apparent when you see prize money being cut um i saw some of the hundred thousand dollar races from last year are now only eighty thousand dollar lots of the fifty thousand dollars are now thirty thousand dollars so it's it's tough it's tough being a pro um but I, you know we're, we're not footballers you know we're not we're not <laughs> I, don't, I think most of us aren't really in it for the money you know but mm. it, but but it is um it's gutted when you know every all the other prize money's going up and whatnot and and our prize money money isn't <laughs> has it been a big um pay cut for you when you went from itu to long course or has it been a bit of a fluctuating ride oh no i had to sell three of my houses yeah. just to survive and yeah. the porsche had to go as well <laughs> 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 um no the first year was brutal i mean emigrating is is not cheap you know i moved moved to america oh, got a work you? got a work visa I, I had a daughter and my wife and now we've got a son who's american yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> he will get his british passport he's gonna have that funny exit the american <laughs> slash you know british yeah. Exit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um no it was really tough you know lots of my all my sponsors were itu based and obviously not making the olympics and then just saying saying hey i'm going long it's like, oh, we just got a, a gold and bronze medal, um, mm. you know, 
and you're moving to America and it's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter really where you live because it's a global sport. You know, Alistair and Jonathan race, did they race in England this year? Leeds mm. once, you know, mm. so, you know, you still get your, with the social media and, you know, you know, podcasts like this, you know, they go everywhere. Um, but yeah, no, lots of my sponsors left me and um, I had to start afresh in America, which was tough. Um, but as I say, you know, I, I really believe that I could make, make it in, in long distance racing and, um, yeah, so you know, it's something we we invested in. It's interesting at the beginning of the conversation. You see, I kind of you've defined yourself as a seventy point three guy who's learning Ironman. So, so when you come to this week, what's the approach? Um, yeah, I, I just do better than last year. You know, if if I don't get a penalty, I'll do better. If I don't get stomach issues, I'll do better. If if I don't get either, I'll do better. Yeah. You know, obviously there are other things that can go wrong, but yeah, no, I I think I can. I think, believe I can get a top 10. So that's what I'll be racing for. I'm not going to be doing any he- heroics. If I come off the bike with the lead boys, I'm not going to be running the first 15K at, you know, 3.30 pace. I gotta, I'm respecting the distance. Um, you know, I want to have a good showing. You know, I've put a lot of energy into this race, um, but I know it's easy just to, to blow it all out the door by, by, by making mistakes. And I'm, I'm actually relaxed. I'm enjoying myself here. Um, I don't have all these crazy media commitments and, you know, that everyone talks about and, you know, I'm, yeah, hanging out with my friends and, yeah, sh- I'm just looking forward to it. Tell us a little bit about your, your Coca-Cola sort of um, Team Bravo outfit. Yeah, so it's based in Brazil um, and it was the, the brainchild of Leo. Um, and, um, yeah, and, um, yeah, it was a Brazil. I went and raced there. I did the Latin American Champs three years ago in Brasilia, the capital, and I had um, someone introduce, some, I had lunch with him because um, Crowey had been friends of his for a while mm-hmm. and um, he, w- he wanted to kind of set up this Brazilian team to bring Brazilian athletes on um, and he wanted a couple of international athletes in it who were more than just going to wear a logo and a baseball hat. They were you know, going to be part of the team. We were going to organize training camps. Um, and um you know i wouldn't i wouldn't go as strong as to say mentor but just someone you know this is someone who's a who's a good athlete and has been there done that still is hungry for success and hopefully the guys um can relate to that so that's how it all started and then um yeah we've had training camps in boulder in mallorca in brazil um um, everyone three of us three of us have raced a race in here barney um fabio myself and even leo the owner of the team he qualified um so he's racing here as well um and obviously rachel last year she did she did okay (laughs) (laughs) um and what's on the agenda over the next few years then you know um a that's first part of the question second is how much more pressure has there been on since since you've got the family on board um yeah, I mean, yeah, there's always that kind of like minimum line pressure with family. You want to, you know, mm. I'm not saying you want to put food on the table, but you want to live a lifestyle, yeah. whatever you want to live. And, you know, you need to pay for that. So, yeah, sure, there's pressure. But, you know, if I'm not I'm not taking risks doing what I do, you know. Um, and, um, yeah, so in terms of the pressure from the family and, you know, the dollars, you know, I'm, I'm confident in my ability to, to mm. cover those bases in terms of the future. In all honesty, it really depends what happens next weekend. You know, it's, it's a massive, um, massive investment of time, energy, and money into this race. Yeah. You know, for one, once a year, and you get fourth. That's pretty good. Mm. You know, you get you get a half decent paycheck, but you, mm. I guarantee no one no one gets bonuses for fourth. No one's mm. going to sign a bigger contract for yeah. fourth. Yeah. You know, are you going to do the same again next year to to try and get fourth again or third? You know, I, I'm not sure. You know, when I can turn up to 
virtually any 70.3 and against anyone in the world and I believe you know I, I back myself to get on the podium and you know yeah enjoy myself and be one of the, the, the you know the best athletes there is so yeah I'm hoping things come together next weekend but um, I love the 70.3s and I'm no spring chicken as we raced in was it 86 was it in Cleveland <laughs> 73 or who <laughs> so yeah no I'm 38 now 39 early next year so um you know honestly I've probably got three more years left um mm. I don't know if I'm as spring chicken like as crowy um but then um yeah so I think I'm more 70.3s and hopefully an Ironman or two but you know I'm under no illusion that you know to make it to the level I want to make it it's pretty tough and yeah What's something that going long has taught you that maybe you never would have figured out if you'd stayed in short course? I, I think um, a lot can happen in eight hours. You know, like there was there were moments last year in this race where I was like, oh, I must be in like thirtieth place now. I'm going to get caught by by the age groupers, mm -hmm. and I still finish fifteenth, which I know isn't great, but yeah. still fifteenth. Yeah, 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 you know. Um, well, in ITU, you know, you, you lose, I don't know, you mess up your T2 or your T1, let's say, you miss the pack. Fuck, you're, you're in a different zip code. <laughs> you really are. Um, you know, there's a lot more patience and it's more about myself racing this race. You know, it's not so much tactics and what's he doing? Are they on the front? Oh, they're on the front. They're going to, you know, you know, it's just like, you know, if Kinlay rides past me 50, 60 watts more, mm. <laughs> good luck mate you, yeah. you know what well, i'm not yeah. gonna i'm wise enough not you know well in itu it's different so i've i've learned more about myself and pacing um because in itu there's just one pace and a suicide oh, pace yeah. it is you yeah. know um it's, a, it's it's an interesting thing because we, we don't interview many itu guys but it's, it's and it's easy to sit there and watch it on tv when it's a flat course and think it's not that hard on the bike but it's generally is it all on pretty much all the time I wouldn't say all the time, but when it's on, it's on. I mean, I remember one race we did in Seoul, um, I think it was 2010, and it was the first race there, and the bike course was a joke. It was like, there was a big river, there was a cycle path that oh, snaked, okay. and then we went out and did this out and back. But the cycle path, there were so many corners, and it was so narrow, and there were outs and backs. And I think I hit some, something ridiculous like 40 peaks over 750 watts. Mm -hmm. And in the, middle of, in the middle of a race, someone who weighs 64 kilograms, you know, it's that energy. You know, it's not like, you know, we would have averaged three, just over 300 watts, but yeah. it's, it's how you average it that's, that's actually, you know, tough. Um, and being, being at the back, as you know, is not always, you know, the best place to be. And you might have the perfect line pulled out and you get some chopper coming in front of you and you're like oh, what the you know so you know it's it you yeah you've got to be more more bulletproof i would say and that's how i used to train for itu it wasn't to be the best runner the best swimmer or the best biker it's just to try and be absolutely rock solid in all three no matter the scenario course and so forth i asked some of the other pommy boys this morning who came from itu the what sorry the pommies <laughs> oh right the poms? you heard of poms yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh but but they were they, they were talking about well i asked them because itu you guys see each other so much as athletes, yeah. you know, and, and I imagine, you know, rivalries and all this, but there's also, I imagine, a, quite a camaraderie between the athletes, mm. whereas you come to this world and it's like, yeah. you never see them. And so what's that been like for you? Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you're doing ITU, you're, it's like an office, you know, there's 50, for say, say there's, what, 70 people, men and women, but there's probably 40 core men and women mm. um, that their office is one week. Sydney, one week Malulabar, yeah. Ishigaki, Gamagori, you yeah. know, wherever. So, yeah, you do build relationships up. And on top of that is the support staff. Every federation, you know, New Zealand must travel with 
you know, they've got six athletes, probably six to eight support staff. Our federation, probably 32 support staff, you know, and you do build relationships up. And, well, this is totally, you're on your Jack Jones, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, I'm lucky where I train in Boulder, there's a couple of lads, Leon Griffin, who's Australian, mm-hmm. and James Hadley. We train a fair bit, and Tyler Butterfield. Yeah. Not so much Tyler, because he doesn't race that much. But we often tra- travel together, you know, share hotels together. But it's literally like four or five of us who are genuine mates, as opposed to, oh, you know, you're going to have dinner with the Germans tonight, or, yeah. you know, and oh, I'll meet you at the swimming pool you ride in. Yeah, six of us roll out, very much ITU. So, yeah, it is a lot more lone not lonely but yeah you are like there are lots of races i turn up to in the middle of nowhere in america and i'm in like a 49 dollar a night hotel just going where am i going to eat on my own tonight well normally you just don't have that problem well and you seem like a social soul so i imagine you know for someone like you who you know like social that's you know to not have that would be oh yeah it is that's why it's great coming here and you know um having an apartment with some friends and stuff um yeah is, is is awesome i'm hoping last year i shared with liz and she got um, third so yes. hopefully I'm, I'm hoping yeah, some of that G runs off, off yeah. rubs off on me yeah. <laughs> Tim's got a full header here and yeah. so this question we'll, we'll see we asked the same question to our guy uh, interviewees not the girls you'll understand why soon wax or, sh- <laughs> wax or shave oh shave John's the only person who's ever waxed. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's saying shit. Uh, it's so easy. Uh, and you seen how hairy I am? It bloody killed me. This guy's the beard. My eyes are blind. <laughs> you're lucky, let me tell you. Uh, do you use uh, any facial products? Just like sun cream. Sun cream and no sort of moisture. Oh, I use, I do. Like that Australian stuff. Why is me in this one? What's it called? Paw Paw. Paw paw? Yeah, 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 I yeah. use that. Whenever I'm in Australia, you look I get, so young. I know, yeah. yeah. I'm 52. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bob Babbitt. <laughs> <laughs> and last one, if you were to run a fresh marathon... Um, and you could and train for it properly. For like six months or so, what do you think you could bang out for a fresh marathon? Oh, it depends if I didn't get injured or not. No, but so, let's say, no, let's no, say six months, quality yeah, training. Good build-up. 2 oh, oh. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, yeah, Two twelve, two fourteen. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm capable of that. Yeah, nice. on a good course, Berlin. Would you, would you maybe Berlin or Rotterdam because they're the they're the two uh, fastest courses. Would you want to? Yeah, but I would love to, but I don't think I'll ever be able to do that because by the time I'm yeah. gonna do that, I'll have a full time job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, you know, to do that, I'd probably lose another four kilograms biking like a girl. When is three years left, kind of in your mind? Yeah, yeah. are you starting to plant the seed? Um, yeah, you have to. You know, I do some coaching now. Yeah. Um, only f- maximum five athletes a year, just because I enjoy it. And any more, I can't. Yeah. It's just too much for me. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, look, we're not. I'm not going to retire and retire. You know, I'm mm. going to retire, have a couple of weeks off, and then yeah. my missus is going to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no. You're, you're stupid if you retire and think I'm going to walk into sports marketing for. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, on or specialised yeah. or, you know, those jobs are far and few between. Like Welshy, you know, he's worked hard, you know, to get where he's got within Oakley and Ironman yeah. and comm- commentating. And, you know, obviously the guys that got in there early, the San Diego yeah. cartel who, yeah. you know, <laughs> that, you know, they all do the, um, the, the look after the athletes and stuff. Um, so, yeah, no, you have to be, yeah, with a family and yeah. wanting to enjoy life and carry on, you know. But I think I'll always have something to do with triathlon 100%. Yeah. You know, since... Since I was like 13, I've been, been a triathlete, yeah, you know. It was, it was interesting, I was on the plane with Corey today, and we were talking about, 
you know, that, how does he find a transition away from being the high guy? And he said, well, one thing he said was really interesting is the hardest fact he's finding is that his daughter, his oldest daughter, who's kind of been a part of the experience, her perception of him, because she's always expecting him to go along to win races, and he's kind of wondering, it was just kind of, it was like, it's really curious for him because that's the thing that's most bothering him. But that's his fault. Because he won all the yeah. blooming races <laughs> when he was younger, yeah. let's be honest. Tell him to slow. And hey, come on, he's still getting on the podium behind Reedy yeah. and that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, But no, yeah, I, I can see that. You know, yeah. My daughter's um, six next week yeah. um, and she just wants a medal, which is yeah. brilliant because you get finished as medals. <laughs> <laughs> it's when she's like, you know, 14 and she's chatting and she's like, so you didn't actually win any of those races. Hey, oh I'm a world God. champion. You're crap, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if people want to follow you, what's the best way to do that? What, like stalk me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, is there a room? No. My, yeah. <laughs> my number plate <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> I hang out. No, um, 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 on Twitter, try the Don. Yeah. And Instagram, try the Don, but I think with an underscore. Between Your name is good, Don. the Don. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> you, you were blessed with that. Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, very good luck for the, the race. Oh, we, thank you. Um, smack it. It's going to be interesting to see how the... I've always been backing my ITU boys, and sometimes I've been coming coming through. But this year, I've got a good feeling about it. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah, through. it should be interesting. But no, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, fantastic. Have a good yeah. day, man. Awesome. awesome. Thanks cool. for your time. No worries. Okay, I got Liz and Simon here from. I'm thinking the UK. No, Dubai. Oh, but but you, where where from originally? UK and South Africa. Oh, South Africa. Oh wow, I didn't get South Africa. South African. Oh. No, no, not truly South African though. Half halfies. <laughs> What's a halfy? Be- Belgian South African. Oh, wow. I've lost track where I'm from. And how long have you guys been in Dubai for? Uh, yeah, eight, nine years, seven for me. And what took you to Dubai? Uh, that's a long and dangerous story, which oh, we haven't got time to go into now. We haven't got to spare out. Well, one thing we get a lot of feedback on is there seems to be a, quite a good triathlon community in your part of the world. Yeah, there's a, there's a really sort of big tri scene now. It's been growing sort of for the last five years. So we've got a, a very good group called Tri Dubai, um, which, uh, you know, about 3,000 members uh, in total. Uh, wow, massive. Yeah, um, sort of probably five, 600 active. But, you know, there's a race every, every weekend there. Um, yeah, really good. And we've uh, you know, we've got Challenge there now, we've got Dubai, ITU have had their second uh, ITU race. So, yeah, really good, really good. And Liz, you're racing this weekend, so how are you feeling? Hmm, silence. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, silence doesn't work with podcasting. You gotta yeah, uh, yeah the, the big Kona vibe, as they say. I'm pretty happy that we're staying about half an hour out from town. Uh, not, not all this craziness yeah. hype around me. I wake up. Nice and quiet with the birds around me, which is better than seeing everyone run along Alihi Drive. And uh, you qualified where? Mexico, which is about it was October last year, so I had a whole year with only one thing in mind. And, and in some ways, it's, obviously, in some ways, it's nice, but in other ways, is it kind of you got to think about, as you say, a whole year where you kind of think about it? A whole year, literally, the same aim the whole time. You're training, you know, focusing on the same thing. So, yeah, it's about time that it's here now. Yeah. And what's the goal for the weekend? Just, uh, they've asked me that before. No no time, goals or anything. And to enjoy it, I'm not sure. I'm sure not everything's going to be enjoyable. But I said, if I can actually still finish with a smile, that that's my main thing. Sounds a bit cheesy, but yeah. 
It's, it is cheesy, but hey, we'll take it, you know. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you're doing the Equathon, Steve. Uh, so how are you feeling? What's the strategy for the Equathon? Well, I've had sort of eight, nine years of sort of training and preparation uh, leading up to uh, this race. Um, I think basically, you know, tag John's feet on the way out, then power pass him on the run. Yeah, I think it's a great strategy. Good luck with it. Uh, well, well, good looks. Go for the victory. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, the two and a half minute head start is going to help, but uh, you're going to make up numbers, are you? No. Nah. Have I got a right that Bevan's the leading champion on that one, though? Well, no, actually, I'm not the current champion, but I'm a, I'm a former champion, which John is not. So I let him know about that all the time. Exactly. So on that note, Simon, you're going to have to tag Bevan's feet on that one. Yeah, you take my feet in this one. You've got no hope. You'll drown. <laughs> You've got to protect your recording equipment, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not waterproof, that stuff. <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. Good luck on the weekend. Yeah. Awesome. Curly Freight Train, you are the reigning champion. How are you feeling about today? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Haven't swam since uh, May. So you'd be pretty well warmed up. Yeah, pretty tapered. <laughs> Good to start. Have fun out there. This is the Ultraman champ, no. Iona. She's a champ in our mind. How are you feeling? I don't think I can put the wetsuit on. I'm hot and I'm going to die of heat stroke. Excuse me, do we have a harden up pill here for this woman? <laughs> Excuse me, mate. Um, where are you from? Dubai. <laughs> what, what's your name? Simon. Simon. What do you think of this idea of running, uh, swimming and running in a wetsuit? I feel like a boil-in-the-bag chicken. You look like one, mate. Actually, you're sweating before you even start. <laughs> this is insane. Insane. This is why we do it. Lovely. Have fun. And cheers. I've got the legend Bevan James Owls with me now. He's previous champion you might want to add. Previous champion. He yeah. is perspiring like a stuck pig. Yeah. And uh, how are you feeling? You know what? It's pretty hot. And uh, I think I might just faint. We haven't even started the swim, by the way. No, no. <laughs> Stand by. We have a Betty's fan here. Name and where are you from? Nadine from Christchurch. Where are you buggers come from? So what's the idea today? Do as much stupid stuff as possible. And you're living the dream. We are, man. We're living the dream. What's your name? Kimberly Von Doering. From where? I am from Wisconsin. Nice. So do you like to swim in wetsuits? I do not. At any cost, I try to avoid a wetsuit. So you're going to really enjoy the run as well? Absolutely. <laughs> have fun out there. I'll burn a couple of... So who we get? What's your name? Martin. Martin, have you been interviewing people? Never. Never. So, where are you from? Germany. And why are you doing this? Because I'm an idiot. I think we all are. You, you've, is this your whole kit, what you're wearing now? Yes. For those who can't see, he's just got a Roka sleeveless skim suit on. And he looks pathetic compared to everybody else. I feel pathetic. Have fun. <laughs> Thank you. We have uh, Coach John Newsom preparing to, well, he's trying to get his wetsuit done up, but it's not having much luck. How, how are you feeling, Johnny? I'm on fire, Dave. I'm fully tapered and ready to go. Okay, have fun. Mate, where are you from? Uh, from Auckland, mate. What's your name? Uh, Stephen Ferrari Morris. Ferrari Morris. So, um, I get no, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, matey, um, what do you think about running in a wetsuit? Um, perhaps not the smartest idea. I, uh, yeah, I would have done a lot of dumb things before I decided to do this dumb thing. So, uh, thanks to the guys for making me reevaluate my life decisions. So this is a top ten crazy thing. Definitely a top 10 crazy thing. It's probably uh, bordering on maybe number two, maybe a close third. Excellent. Well, have fun. Okay, I've got James Kanama from South Africa standing next to me right now from Team Bahrain. So, Bahrain Endurance, how are you feeling today, mate? Yeah, feeling pretty good. Looking forward to the race. So, well, tell me about it. You know, you, you've had a pretty successful career. You know, this is the big, this is the big game. Yeah, doesn't it? So, how are you feeling about today? Yeah, Kona's the big one. Um, I had a really good one here a few years ago in 2013, came fourth and surprised a few people then. Um, and since then it's been a bit of a rocky road for me this race. Um, I 
crashed my bike just before the race in 2014 uh, at 70.3 worlds and that put me out of the race um, and then not getting any points at this race kind of put me on the back foot qualifying for last year's race um, and about halfway through the season I actually decided to pull the plug not do Kona uh, and do pretty much an 18 month build up to this year's Kona um, and that's what I've been doing um, so obviously that culminates on on Saturday um, as far as how that goes, how that's gone, it's gone about as well as I could have hoped. Uh, if I had to sit down and plan an 18-month build-up to this race, it would have gone exactly the way it went. Well, how does Alpe d'Huez try fit into this? Because uh, you seem to love those Embrim and Alpe d'Huez. And I did a camp in France uh, in July, and it's different sort of racing, isn't it? It is a different sort of racing, um, and it's it's really good training um you know they are races obviously and the the french love them and i love them um you know ember man euros for the win it's a it's a real race it's a big deal um and i've not managed to win it yet until this year this year was the first year i managed to win it and but i treated them both as training um up to airs, i went there with my coach scott de Philippus and a couple of other guys and we did a week of biking um the race was right in the middle of that week but we did 800 k's of biking 20,000 meters of climbing that week um it was basically the bike boost that i needed to then be ready to do emberman properly and emberman is the boost that i needed to be ready for this race uh you know it all kind of fits together uh obviously racing as training is always a little bit dangerous uh, but coming from Brett Sutton's squad and Scott de Philippus has got a pretty good handle on me and how I recover and how I bounce out of it um, so that's really how we've treated it and like I say it couldn't really have gone better. How long does it take you to recover from a race like Ember Man? I mean the bike the bike's a bike but uh, in terms of the run for you how long do you have to wait before you get into your next sort of phase of running at least? Uh, it really depends. Um, I don't actually put a number on it. I don't put a day on it. I, you know, I don't write a program and say, right, this is when I'm doing the race. Ten days later, I'm going to do this track session or something like that. Um, we we really go on feel um, and go for a few jogs, see how it goes. This year, it was probably two weeks. Um, about ten days out, I was feeling okay, and then I hit a real dip um, and pretty much got back in bed for two days. Um, uh, and and just was like, right, shut it down. I need to rest. That that race took more out of me than I'd hoped. Um, and I was back in bed for two, almost three days, um, just doing nothing. Um, but then bounced out of that and just have nailed every session since, all the track sessions and everything. So um, it, how you recover from those races is, is important, um, but you have to listen to your body. Um, and if you get that right, they can be such a boost for the fitness that um, nothing compares. Got another, not related to you or Kona question, but is Henry Schumann now like a rock star in, in South Africa and the general public? Um, I assume so, I hope so. Um, he absolutely should be after his performance at the Olympics and at the grand final. Um, you know, uh, he's managed by the same manager as me, uh, Nick Lamond, and um, so we, I actually helped him out with a, with a crank set going into the Olympics because, you know, you couldn't get a decent crank. I was like, just, I've got some in my garage, man. Yeah. That's the reason he did well. Yeah, take a rotor crank set. No, I don't think he's going to have any problems getting a, getting a crank set for his bike after that <laughs> performance. Um, but yeah, I hope he's getting it and it's really good for sport in South Africa. Um, he deserves all the accolades he's got he's worked really hard um, you know he was a really good swimmer but he's worked really hard on his run to get him up there and that he can stay with the big boys and how popular is, is, is triathlon in south africa um it's it's big it's growing and you know much like the rest of the world it's becoming well you know some people are saying it's the new golf uh everyone's doing it the south africans have always been a bit endurance sport nuts you know with yeah. comrades marathon and even 
long distance paddling and long distance swimming and you know the Midmore Mile is the biggest in the world the Cape Argus cycle tour is a 110k bike and it's got more competitors than any other cycle race in the world uh, South Africans are a bit nuts when it comes to endurance sport uh, so they've taken to triathlon like like you can't believe um, and it's growing I think one of the problems is is actually putting on the races um, there's that we could do with more races more you know the Ironman and stuff just took off everyone wants to do Ironman there's now two 70.3s in South Africa and they're selling out um, but there isn't the stepping stone races the, the sprint distance series the Olympic distance series that people can get into so I'd like to see that grow and hopefully performances like Henry's will will serve that purpose you know get people into the shorter distance. Double, you got double trouble now with him and uh, Richard Murray so fingers crossed you guys can uh, it would be nice if the Kiwis can be back up there but uh our Commonwealth, not, uh, our Let's talk about rugby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's not talk about rugby. <laughs> we, uh, we ask um, most of our pro males these questions. Wax or shave? Shave. <laughs> John's the only person who waxes. He's a bit disappointed. If you, were to run, if you were to run a straight marathon, absolutely smack it, with a good block training where you just focus on running, what, how fast do you think you'd run? I don't know, but I'm desperate to do that. Oh, you are. I really am. I've been itching to do it for a while, and I was going to do it last year because I didn't do Kona and the build-up to Kona. But then I did, I did Mallorca, and then we had to focus on the Bahrain race at the in December, and it just didn't work out. Um, there's a fast marathon in in Cape Town in end of January, beginning of February, and I'm seriously considering giving it a good go. Uh, I think a sub 230 is very very doable. Um, I, I'd like to go even faster than that maybe. Um, so maybe this year I'll let you know. If you were to get to the end of Kona today or the Saturday and you go yes I'm really happy with that race, what would that mean? Um, I can't give you a position, I can't give you a time, uh, I want to do my race, I want to do my race well, finish strong. Um, I've, I've done everything in this race from a really good race where I came forth to walking 10k's into the run you know uh, and DNFing it's this race doesn't really take any prisoners I think I've learned a lot of lessons here um, and I'd like to put all those lessons into practice here and do my best race uh, I think I'm fit enough and strong enough that my best race could very well put me on the podium uh, so that's what I'm hoping for but just my best race will, will leave me happy no matter where I end up we're catching up with Scott to Philippus later today, so we'll uh, we'll put in the nudge for come on, James. Really wants to do a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speak to the coach. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, mate. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Awesome, mate. Really windy. Still at the pier, uh, talking to who am I talking to? Uh, Jeff Bradley. Where you from, Jeff? From Calgary, Canada. Cal I've been to Melina and I drove a, a van, a U-Haul van, back from Calgary after Ironman after Epic Camp Canada. Great spot. Yeah, it's a pretty good place for training. So this be, this this kind of temperature be similar to Calgary for running and swimming in a wetsuit. Pretty close, pretty close. We we try and get it real. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, thank you. Right, right now I've got Jonathan J D Shipman who's just um, sweating his whatever off. Yeah. So I just want to say that I've been training for this for at least a year now, running wind sprints back and forth in my house in the wetsuit. So I'm looking forward to a strong showing today. Walk the course and visualize my time splits. Expect expect really good things today. And that's what you get when you come to Epic Camp Light <laughs> in Kona. Have fun. Next to us right now, and uh, how are you feeling? Um, does anybody say bad, tired? Um, I'm feeling great, yeah. <laughs> I wish somebody would say that. So, yeah, I've had a pretty shitty week. My legs are a bit sore. Game face, mate. You can't, it's game face. I'm feeling on top of the world. But you've got a legit excuse for being feeling a little bit sore. I mean, uh, ITU Worlds, was it? two weekends ago um, how's the recovery been from that um, it's about 11 days ago um, yesterday I felt terrible I'll, I'll say that now today I feel fantastic and that's the thing it, when you're tapering anyway it just goes up and down um, you only have to feel fantastic on Saturday because 
uh, Friday or Sunday, doesn't matter. So um, it's, a, it's a just a question, it's something to ask, isn't it? I mean, what else are you supposed to ask people? Was it, was it hard to make the choice to do that race, being so close to Kona? Not really. I mean, I've, I've been trained by Brett Sutton and um, I, I run 30k every Sunday. So um, it was a brilliant excuse to do a, um, a session um, that was catered, to be honest, and a world title up for grabs. So no, not really a hard decision for me, no. Does it disappoint you that um, ITU distance, or look, it's a world title, we're not taking that away or anything like that, but the, it doesn't get as much exposure as maybe 70.3 worlds? Does that disappoint you, or is, it, is the season too crowded? You know, what's the sort of solution? Um, if you look at the people that have won ITU long distance worlds, you've got Chrissy Wellington, Leander, Mary Beth Ellis, myself. Um, I'm going to miss out someone huge here. Um, Caroline, Stefan, um, Melissa, Housechild. They're not, you know, they're not pretenders. And so the title, I think, is very, very va- valuable. I think that the race could be better um, marketed, definitely. Um, and I'm not sure why it isn't. Um, there's certain countries that give it huge priority, as in France. And um, GB actually send a big team, but in USA was obviously because it was in the USA this year. Yeah, Denmark, definitely. And I think, you know, if everybody could understand it a little bit more like that but putting it on two weeks before Kona probably isn't the best for most people so you know a little bit more foresight and a little bit um, a little bit of investigation would be good. We've got um, I know it's only just come out and I'm not sure if you're involved in it or aware, very aware of the Collins Cup um, that's coming up what do you think about that and does that get you does there been much discussion amongst the pros and does it get you excited? Yeah, I mean, I'm part of the PTO, so I know I knew about it. Good question. <laughs> I knew about it a while ago. I've spoken to um, the organisers, and I know a little bit of the intricacies to do with it. Um, I think it's brilliant. I mean, I have never watched golf, but I have now. The Ryder Cup was on, and it was almost like the Collins Cup is a kind of mirror of that. I have been watching, and I yeah, I think this whole um, bringing it in terms of the nations and bringing fans in that way I mean they're mad when they watch the golf absolutely mad and I don't see why that wouldn't translate to triathlon if it's done in the right way I think there's a massive opportunity I'm looking forward because it said on the press release that some of the athletes or I don't know if all are going to be mic'd up and I know you like to speak your mind I'd love to hear you dropping some f-bombs or some somebody's drafting on my wheel or sweet thing like you surely not you're not allowed to put f-bombs in you get disqualified oh really really yeah um that's it is that one of your rules was it that's an Iron Man rule. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they swear in ITU. I think I can lit read the Brownies particularly. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they swear in tennis too, but they get away with it a little bit more. It's all about um, what's important to, um, you know, what they're broadcasting it and kind of the relevance as well. You can't just go swearing here, there and everywhere, but if there's a situation or, you know, it's passion, it's emotion and it's, it's difficult to curb sometimes. This weekend, uh, how do you approach this weekend? Um, as an opportunity, classic line. Um, but this is tough for me. This race is a real tough race. I'm brilliant at Ironman distance and I can go fast. I think that I can go very fast one day on the right course. This race is not it though. <laughs> um, this race is hot, humid, and it's about a measured effort. And I don't think I've mastered that. I think it's something that's um, that needs patience and it needs higher skill than I've shown before so that's what I'm concentrating on on Saturday and you know maybe it'll make for more enjoyable experience for me and a better result. 
Have, have you changed anything this year to focus like on what hasn't gone so well in the past? Have you changed training or is it more changing the execution on race day? Yeah, we have a lot more control in my training. Um, I do ride hard most of the time. We did a very easy ride this morning, that was nice. Um, possibly the most easy I've done all year behind people. So yeah, that was nice. Um, I work on power a bit more and I think I'm just going to be a bit more vigilant about the power that I'm pushing at certain stages of the race. Um, my own plan, I'm concentrating on myself because if I can run a great last 20k, I'll pass a lot of people, I think. Okay, so well, all the best for your race. Uh the question we ask is, if you were to run a straight marathon, six months good training, no injuries, smack the crap out of it, what do you reckon you'd do? Oh, that's a difficult question. Yeah, we've got the hard questions. Yeah, I could say, oh, I don't want to say anything too ambitious, but I'm a very ambitious girl. Well, there you go. Um, what did, what's the, what, Nicola ran 237, right? Yeah. Nicola Spirig. I'll go for t- two. <laughs> <laughs> I'd let Nicola beat me, just. Yeah. <laughs> it's, about, it's been sort of 240 plus or minus three or four minutes, really. It's been about right about what the girls are saying. Um, what was uh, Liz Blatchford? She was highballing it, saying 245, I think. No, you're going quicker than that. Well, so. Not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> True, she's a, a 420. Yeah. Uh. Awesome. Okay, well, you have a fantastic race, and uh, let's see if the, the GB domination can carry on. Hope so. Right, here we are, the finish line with the the winner. Yes, it's Bevan James Isles. How are you feeling, mate? Well, I don't know really if I won because this young man over here actually pulled up about 100 metres early. You could argue he should have known the course, but so we'll, we'll have a. And admittedly, I may win a little bit early on the swim, but hey, if I go across the line first, that means I'm the winner, doesn't it? So you went early on the swim. I think everyone did. Okay, so that yeah. could we'd have to see the judges about that, Bevan. Okay, standby caller. Paul Howes from New Zealand, do you think you won this thing? It'll be a close finish. We need photo finish to, to confirm. Rumour has that Bevan went in the early group when he should have gone back further? Yeah, he might have done. I got in there. I went on the second one minute. So you've, you, you're the honest guy? Yeah. We'll, stand, we'll talk to the judges. I'm just going to scoot down here to, to Coach John Newsom. John, how are you feeling? I'm just trying to peel off the blue 70 right now. It's uh, did its job in the swim, but maybe not so much on the run. Good stuff now. Well, it's good to see you. Did the Blue 70 take the victory? Yeah, well, yes, I think. Because I think. Well, yeah. I'm giving it to him. Yeah, but, but I think Bevan was in the wrong swim yeah. group. Bevan, was, uh, Bevan fudged his time, so. No. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll leave it to the judges. Come back soon. Okay. Look, we've actually got two people here, but we're, talking, we're doing two on ones, aren't we, John? Two on one. John likes that. Efficient. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually not efficient. No, it's not efficient. No, it's, no, it's you're inefficient. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, we've got Carrie Lester here who has made some amazing strides in recent times because I remember watching Carrie doing things like Challenge Wanaka and you know she's a consistent performer but she's sort of maybe consistently third or fourth and maybe second here or there. I was blown away this year and wrote when you went 8.42. She had third at Ironman New Zealand. 8.42? Uh, if, if only we'd gone that fast. If only we'd gone that mm. fast. That's a gold cap, Bevan. That's a gold cap. You're Long story. Yeah, right. You guys um, are mind-blowing. And also a sub-nine-hour <laughs> performance at Ironman Chattanooga, uh, I think, last year. So that's a pretty solid little yep. set of results. So welcome along to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, what the hell's been the difference? Because you, if, for quite a while... You were, you were <laughs> yeah, you've been disappointing. <laughs> no. Just come out and say it. <laughs> yeah, just, do, you, do you want to punch us more? I'm, no, I'm impressed. Cause it's I love the intro. I suck, okay? You've been okay? really bad. I suck. <laughs> just say it. You were good, and you've gone to good to being... I was shit, and I've gone to okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think 842 is a little bit better than okay. You really know how to charm the ladies, don't you, mate? You carry on. Bit. Oh, here we go. Now he's trying to reach. You want to keep digging? You want to keep digging? Okay, why do you feel you've transitioned to another level, Carrie? Okay, good question. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, well, the last two years I was starting to progressively um, put together consistent races. Um, and that really came, I think, from years uh, of honest, consistent training. I didn't have that for a long time. When I started racing uh, professionally in 2010, there was, um, you know, three years after that that I was really all over the place with coaches, where I was training, and just trying to find kind of what I was comfortable with um, in terms of training and expectations I had of what I should be doing and um, I think yeah when I started putting those races together it really came from just consistent work. Um, Scott uh, my partner was coaching me so I had you know him watching me all of the time and that's important for me I, I like to have a coach that's there with me and is able to kind of monitor my progress and pull me back when I need to. And so I just, it's really just came from a good coaching relationship um, and consistent work. Now, when you talk about having Scott there, is it is it an accountability thing or is it just that he's, because he's there he can give you a bit of feedback or, or what is it the value of having someone who's so in touch with what you're doing? Um, probably both. I mean, I'm always been um, a pretty good trainer. He used to tell me, when we first uh, started, well, seeing each other actually, and then we coaching, started yeah. coaching together, um, he would tell me that I'm lazy. <laughs> so, and I didn't, I didn't really think that I was a, a lazy athlete. It's just that there was, it was more sometimes lacking motivation. Okay. I would have called, I would have called it more a lack of motivation if I was, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, I'll be honest. Like I didn't want, I just didn't want to do the work. I thought. Um, that I could get by on doing the bare minimum. Mm. Um, and I didn't really understand what work um, went into really training for an Ironman and how consistently you have to keep doing that work. Mm. Um, so it's definitely um, having that someone there that is always, yes, keeping you accountable. They do keep you motivated because they're there. They get you out the door. Um and yeah, you had any, You must have had some good blips where you go, "No, nah, I'm not doing that today." <laughs> yeah, we've had them. Well, yeah. that, that's a hard thing when it's the relationship as well, isn't it? Because you know that, that makes it challenging. Doesn't sometimes, it? well, I mean, sometimes we have disagreements where I think I should be doing something else, yeah. and um, you know, he will give me the session, and I will say, "Well, I don't really like. Do I need to be doing that today, or don't you think I should be doing this today?" And sometimes my reasons are valid, mm. um, and we do modify things. Um, but yeah, sometimes I need a kick good up kick up the ass, yeah. and I need to be pointed out like this is why we're doing this today. And I'm, that's fine; I'll go and do it. But sure, I'll you know I'm stubborn, yeah. and I will give my reasons as to why I think I shouldn't be doing it. But I always do it. Well, what's really interesting is that you're, you're, you're basically a reflection of hard work and consistency, which is kind of the message to all athletes, really, isn't it? Hmm. You know, when we think about that. It you really know. is. Yeah. I mean, it's there's no real magic formula. I mean, there is. There's yep. certain mixes of sessions that work better. I'm not going to lie hmm. and say that there isn't. But, 
like hard work and, and consistency over years is really like the basis of Ironman training. Like and you're it, constantly conditioning the body, but we can't, like a lot of people just can't keep doing it. And John, you can see your stat now. Cause I, I know, well, yeah. So back to my apparently crappy intro. Um, <laughs> telling me I'm shit. Telling you you've gone from being good to having the 13th fastest time in history. I 13th think, in and, history. And, and part of my... I was saying earlier in the year, I didn't think you got enough credit for that result because, you know, we, we see often you hear, you know, Joycey mentioned and Miranda Carfrey and all these other names. And I'm like, she did 8.42. Yeah. That was, that was very impressive. So I, I, if it sounded like I was put, calling no, no, no. you not great earlier, it was more wanting to highlight how awesome that rope performance Thank was. Thank you. You've dug w- yourself out of yeah, the hole just yeah. a little bit. Was it, was it a great day? Or could you have gone even faster? Um, I... I mean, we always say, yes, we think we could have gone faster. Well, I mean, I'm one of those people that is constantly thinking that I can do better. Mm. That Maybe that's a good thing. Mm. Um, yes, I think, I mean, swim-wise, that's, that's a pretty consistent swim for me. I don't really think that I'm a much faster swimmer than that. Maybe a little bit, but no huge difference there. Riding, maybe. Um, we did have a sh- quite a short... Um, training prep for Roth uh we're only in Switzerland for um about four weeks so maybe I could have ridden a little bit quicker and I yes I think I definitely could have run quicker there were points on that run where I was walking um so yeah like on a I think I could have gone faster but maybe I couldn't have maybe that was it so it was a 52, 52 minute swim, 4.42 on the bike and 3.03 on the run for an 8.42.13. Very impressive. And so then, you know, you go to that race, you have a race like that, which is, you know, of the top level of all time. What does that give you coming through this, you know, to the big game, you know, to here? Uh, well, um, it's a very different race. Uh, the, I mean, definitely it does give me a lot of confidence. Uh, I guess what's given me more confidence is the work that I've done after Roth, um, knowing that I could, you know, produce that result off not the best training block. I mean, I, I did solid work before then, but I didn't do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, after that, we did, you know, continue training in Switzerland, had a great preparation there. We went and did, you know, Embrom. Ironman in France as well and that did you race Embrim as well yep I didn't know that, that in itself is um you know a massive training yeah. day oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so having all of that work in me after Roth not being sick not being injured um yeah like I I feel good coming into the race yeah. whether that means I'm gonna have a good day I don't know I've certainly done some great work and I hope it shows does it change the way you race? But, you know, like, cause, you know, it's really interesting speaking to the pros this week. And, and most people kind of underplay themselves because, you know, you don't want to put it out there. But if you go into it with a high level of confidence, does it mean that I'm willing to take more of a risk? Or, or is the mental strategy pretty much the same as how you would always race a race? Uh, for me, I think I know that I'm going to race pretty much how I always do. Um, I know what my limits are and I'm not willing to push them given the dynamics of the race mm-hmm. and how, you know, I haven't raced here since 2010. Um, and I, I don't know how I'm going to feel when I'm running out, you know, on the Queen K or I don't want to push those boundaries when, you know, I'm not 
potentially sure of what the uh, yep. what the outcome's going to be. But um, yeah, I just I have my own strategy, um, and that's that's just. I, yeah, I don't really see I'm going to change that for this race. So why have you not raced here since 2010? Uh, when I actually raced here in 2010, it was that um, last year of that qualifying okay, yep. period where if you won, so I won Port Macquarie mm-hmm. and I got my slot then. So that when I raced here in 2010, that was actually my second Ironman. Mm-hmm. And I was so inexperienced. <laughs> um, like I look back on it now and I... You know, I really think that I had no place starting, like, and towing the line with those girls. Um, but I had a horrible, just a horrible experience. Um, just, like, the preparation was, you know, not good. Um, mentally, I just wasn't prepared to handle the race. Um, and I said to myself after then, I actually really wasn't sure that I wanted to come back at all. But when I started, you know, performing a bit better and I got you know more confident in training and um you know my performances I thought well I'm not I'm going to come back firstly I was going to come back and train here and just get a feel for the race and really kind of immerse myself in the place and that was when I said I'm not coming back to race until I feel that I can compete compete I didn't I don't want to come and make up the numbers you know if I you know, if I'm capable of making top 10, that's when I'll start. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I think I can do that. Mm. Well, based on I'm absolutely capable of it. Plus of all time, so I'm capable, big. yeah, I'm capable yeah. of it. Whether it happens again, I don't know. Yeah. But um, I feel that I've finally got the three disciplines to a point that are competitive. Mm. And uh, if I can put them all together. Then you're, you're, you're in that game. You know, yeah. I'm, I think I'm in the game, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Ombram, I'm just looking at the results here. You You're took, digging. You t- You're going to dig I'm a digging. hole. I'm not going to dig a hole. I'm, the, the, I'm going to give Ombram website. Not the greatest love. It's French. No, it's French. They may not have even here. updated it yet. Did you have your three pins in your number? I definitely make sure yeah. I have that. I've raced enough what in France to know. You have to wear and three pins. Well, oh, yeah. It's got to oh. be pinned three times. It, it has to be secured in three places, and it must be on the front. Yeah. Wow. Or yeah. you'll have whistles, you'll be pulled over. Wow. You can you can do anything you want, but if you don't have that race number at the front... And one of the dudes the year we were there, we were doing the Olympic, he got disqualified. I think it was Zamora, Marcel Zamora, whatever his surname is. He uh, got disqualified. I think he accidentally, I think, either dropped his jacket or some litter, and he was leading into the whole race, and then he got disqualified. Yeah. Because of the pin? No, he dropped a little bit of litter oh, okay. or his jacket, one or the other, and he was out of there. No, no wow. yellow card or anything. Yeah, so. no. See you later. Yeah. Yep. Uh, how was that race? Oh, he dug a, a big poor. hole. It was good. Yeah, no, no, it was good. But, I mean, just in terms of <laughs> doing that, I've ridden over those climbs. I'm like, how the hell do you race over that? You don't really. I mean, day. you just... It's... um. Well, having said that, I went into the race. So I've done it two years in a row now, but last year I didn't finish. Mm. I had um, bike problems and I had to actually stop with like 20K left to go on the bike. I was devastated because I spent, you know, six hours out there and I was like, you know, I wanted wanted to finish. It was Mm. was a big achievement and having Mm. to stop, I was desperate to come back this year and have a good go at it. 
So um, I thought, well, I'm just going to treat it like a training day. You know, I'm not going to look at watts or worry about sort of pacing. I am going to hold back and just kind of ride. I mean, you know, a solid effort, but I'm not, you know, I don't really want to push. But I had the girls, like the French girls, um, Jean and um, Charlotte, the two girls, like the two French girls were like racing. Yeah. So I thought, <laughs> like I didn't know how to handle it. Like I had to like race yeah. for like six and a half hours and yeah. hope that both of them would fall apart on the marathon. Yeah. Um, so it, it is a race and even the guys were racing. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going out for like a leisurely, not a leisurely, but yeah. you know, a nice casual kind of six, seven hour bike ride. Mm. But it, it wasn't, it was like, yeah, you, you have to, they still race it. <laughs> was it James we were talking to today who did it? He won it as well. Yeah, yeah. Good day for the coach. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. day. No, I love that race. I'd love to go and do it. It's, on my, it's one of the bucket list races I want to do. So I'm highly it's impressed with something roads. that you'll never, ever experience. Oh, we rode over the cold as this year. And what did we do before that? We've done something else before the cold. We did the cold as hard in the, the low ray. That was plenty for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to run a marathon. Yeah, get off your bike, mate. Where you go? Um... What else? Uh, this weekend, if you have a great day, what would it be? Uh, Position-wise? Or either or. Top three. Oh, really? Sweet. Would be, yep. like, out of this world. Mm. Um, look, a good, a good day for me, honestly, would be a top ten. Yeah. I will be happy um, coming in that top ten and coming away with a paycheck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if it was even top five would be a dream. Yeah. Um, something, three would be... Three would be... Gold. I'm re- probably not going to race for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Drink lots of wine. <laughs> Coach might have something to say. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, we'll go out there and kick some ass. Yeah, um, good luck. I Thank have you. been talking about your performance in Rote. Most of you are going, she's not getting enough credit for that. So I'm uh, highly impressed and I hope you go out there and kick some ass this weekend. Thanks. Yeah. Nice, nice work on the compliment at the end. Well, you've you re- you. You really progressed. Kick them down. You know, <laughs> little, little, little boost at the end. Well, you guys to swap seats. We'll just do a quick swap here and we might as well just keep it going. Scott de Philippus. Scott de Philippus. Have I pronounced your surname right, Scott? De Philippus. De Philippus. Come, come in Phil- nice and close. Of Philip. Of Philip. Italian. Oh, nice. okay, there you go. Some think it's Greek, but it's Italian. Oh. A little bit of Italian sort of here going on yeah. here. Yeah. Now, um, Italian here? What's Italian here? No, nice and smooth. That's why I've been oh. on this boat. Yeah. <laughs> I wake okay. up and that's what it's like. Oh, okay. Oh, Is that, you wake up and it's like that? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Scott, tell us, uh, we've had you on the show before, I think it was last time I was in Kona in 2014, um, but tell us where your sort of career is moving in terms of you getting into a little bit more coaching, How, where's your sort of balance between coaching and, and racing, your own personal racing? Uh, frustrated. Oh, really? <laughs> Why? To be honest. Yeah. Oh, it, um, yeah, four years ago I went 8.09 and thought, came third, lost to Starkwitz uh, by two and a half minutes and thought, I, I can win one of these, yeah. um, and it, and it's been a struggle. I've had a few results since then, but um, a third in Boulder, second in Challenge Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then, I've uh, focused a bit more on on coaching, and started a coaching business, mm-hmm. um, a, a, and that's been great. For whatever reason, uh, maybe luck, a bit of uh, I do experiment with myself from for my athletes, and, and maybe that's cost me a little bit in terms of training yeah. um, and helping Carrie's been fantastic uh, for her 
But how do you find that, you know, because it is an interesting thing when you're still the coach and the athlete because, you know, like Kerry can kick some butt and do really well and it's rewarding for you as a coach. But then if your own results aren't kind of reflecting where you want to be, is it a hard balance to kind of, within yourself, to kind of find that, if you know what I mean? I, I think I got to a point in my career when, when I was with Team TBB and, and Brett Sutton that yeah. getting on the podium was something I, I dreamt of and, and wasn't really sure if that was ever going to happen. And he, and he did it with me in three years. Mm-hmm. So I've achieved more than I think I ever thought I could, could achieve. Mm-hmm. And so now helping athletes gives me a, a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. But I'm 36, so at the end of the day, it's, I'm not done yet as an mm-hmm. athlete, and I'm not going to walk away until I'm, I'm ready to walk away from it. And, yeah. and when I do walk, that'll be it. I, w- I won't race again. Yeah. It must be some, I mean, I find from my racing performances, that you, because when you're coaching, you're reinforcing your beliefs and your thoughts so thoroughly on your athletes and over and over again that it actually starts to wash off on yourself a bit, though. Do you find that as well? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And how much of, uh, we, know, we, we don't know what goes on inside Sato's sort of camps and his methodology. We know parts of it and we hear rumour of this, that and the other thing. Is your sort of, a twist on what Sato's doing or is it, you know, where does it sort of fit into the way that he coaches athletes? I'm pretty fortunate to have been able to work with him um, mm. very closely for four years, five years uh, and I still speak to him quite a bit and, and think about the experience a lot mm. uh, and we spent a year with, with Siri Lindley as well so mm. I'm really fortunate to have been touched by both of them. Mm. Um, something I learned I get, I think from Siri was have confidence to rest, mm-hmm. not be paranoid. And Brett doesn't, uh, he, he rests his athletes in, in different ways. Um, but I certainly, it's, it's a lot of his methodology, for yes. sure. So, so one, you know, you seem to have achieved, achieved some really good success with Brett as a coach. You know, you got, you know, your belief in could I ever be a podium athlete was proven, you know, through working with someone like Brett. Um, you know, we see with the females, he's like, he's like the magician. And then with the males, he hasn't seemed to have had the same level of success. Like, you know, whereas you are an example of someone who's been successful, you know, maybe not world championship level, but definitely got lots of growth. Why do you see with Brett that there's such a contrast in how he's helping to help the females more than maybe the males? I think he was on the cusp of having an unbelievable men's squad when TBB broke oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? He had, he had quite a stable of athletes. And I remember... I remember that summer of 2012 walking with him after a session on the track and he and he said to me i'm i'm the most proud of my men's squad right now oh really and i think he was on the verge uh and then that whole thing ended and he took a step back and since then i think he gets he can do it if he wants to yeah he's the best coach in the world Mm. but there's for what maybe luck you know certain circumstances why it's never never happened to find it to coach a world champion at an iron distance mm, sure good. of course you know he, he's in the old days right who was he working mm. with mm. pretty much yeah. everybody yeah mm. yeah um just one random question is um james Kahnema allowed to go and do a marathon in oh, yeah. early, early 2017 yeah, yeah in like january february he wants to go run a marathon we, yeah. we, said, we'd run, we, we said we'd run it past you well james and i are friends first before <laughs> 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 he's really keen so uh, he's always up for a challenge I reckon you should do it so how many pros are you actually training is it just the two or have you got many other pros um, uh, yeah actually uh, Carrie and James um, Brad Williams mm-hmm. um, 
Brad actually came through the TBB pipeline. He was one of the first development athletes, uh, and he just won that race in Korea, 70.3, so yeah. I was really happy for him. Yeah. Uh, Amelia McCracken, a girl out of um, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, another American kid I've just brought on, mm-hmm. and a few Swiss athletes that I'm going to work with next year. So I'm slowly kind of building a small squad. I'm not ready to go full in with the camp setting like mm-hmm. Siri and Brett do, but that's the future. That's definitely what I want to do. Mm. Um, with regards to the professional triathletes sort of organisation that sort of got off the ground maybe a couple of years ago, was it? Um, it's sort of, for us, it seems to have gone quiet, but things are maybe starting to ramp up. So I'm not sure whether you can speak on their behalf on what progress you guys have actually been making and, um, and we can maybe go on to the, the, the race in a moment. But, w- but where are you sort of at with the, the Pro Triathletes organisation? Well, we've just launched the, uh, the, the Collins Cup. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really cool. The idea is that that's going to be, be sort of the, the driving force behind the, the organisation. Mm. Um, we needed a way to kind of raise funds. And so Charles O'Donnell came on with this idea of kind of copying the Ryder Cup. And the Ryder Cup is the highest grossing PGA event is it really of the year? Wow! So if we can sort of follow that model, we're hoping that we can raise the funds and and get off the ground. So so when we looked at it, it, it seems when I first looked at it, I kind of brushed past it and I thought, oh, I'm not quite sure. And then when I read into detail, I thought, wow, this is going to be really cool in the way it's going to be run, and it could be really exciting because there's kind of building kind of pressure, if you know what I mean, as you watch the event. So how did you kind of nut that out? It was all Charles. He, yeah, he it really? was his concept. Really. Um, and he doesn't really know much about triathlon. Really? But he's a really smart guy. He's a fan of sport. So he, he thought, how can we get triathlon on TV? Because that's the goal to have it televised mm. worldwide. And how do we get the corporation's sponsorship, major sponsors talking Amex, mm. Mercedes-Benz, those types of... Yeah, big, big picture, big dollar. Exactly, yeah. behind such an event. Uh, and then tie in the age groupers, because I think the day before there's going to be an age group race and an additional professional race. And if we can have a short course race on the Friday, it'll be a massive event, mm. kind of like the Woodstock of triathlon. And we want it to be a celebration, not just this 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 brand versus this brand. You know, like everyone, we want everyone to be there, you guys to be there, mm. and other podcasts, so that you know the whole triathlon world focuses on it. Mm. Um, timing looked like it was pretty pretty good you know in terms of June um so the guys leading into I mean I know you probably want this to be a major deal in its own right but obviously athletes will be wanting to rote or or Ironman Germany and stuff so the timing looked really good for me but but where are you at in terms of is it still at sort of concept stage uh what about sort of venues and and things like that is, is that still I mean that's a year and a it's two years away isn't it nearly two years away yeah. where, where are we at in the process of doing yeah at the that? moment they're they're negotiating with um, resort-type areas. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think it's more going to be... They're going after golf course resorts. Right. Yeah. Um, because golf is sort of... Plays this game. Less people are playing golf and yeah. more and more people are cycling and taking up endurance sports. Mm. So they want to market it to those types of resorts. Mm. Um, mm. In terms of television and sponsorship... That, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Right now, it's we're going out selling the idea. So, so it seems like the, the the purpose of it is to help generate more income for this union to help. What's the purpose of them if we get more income? What's going to be used for? Well, for me, I'm really passionate about the development side, yeah. um, helping the next generation, mm. feeding the bottom, 
mm. to, to grow, mm. offering things like insurance for athletes, uh, stipends. If you look at the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association, if you're ranked outside of the top, I think it's 50, don't quote me on that, it could be yeah. Yeah, yeah. a little bit less, they fund those athletes yeah. to help them come along. Mm. Uh, so that's, for me, that's why I'm involved because I want to see the next generation have a chance. Because yeah. at the moment, I mean, look at the world championships, here we are, and... and Ten deep. Ten deep. Yeah. It's not much fun getting 11th. Yeah. No. And, and if you're 11th, you're a bloody good athlete. You know, you're, not, you're not a plebe, are you? Well, you, you know, ran, like, David McNamee ran the fastest runs, but last year he got 11th. Got goes home with, uh, with nothing. Um, one more question I've got around the race. Is the concept sort of to try to make it a multi-lap course, or is that really just going to depend on where, where it ends up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 What do you think? Oh, well, Mo- I multi-lab? I like the idea of multi-lab as long as it doesn't get confusing. Like that when you're watching a, a, um, an ITU race, not necessarily right at the beginning, but it sometimes gets confusing who's fifth, sixth and seventh when they maybe start lapping athletes and things like that. That's where it could get potentially confusing. But I guess if you had, you know, bikers biking along with each person or, and you know the positions and, and if you've got GPS stuff, you can see exactly what's going on. So... Yeah, I would... Uh, well, and it's going to be TV, isn't it? It's good. What's going to be best for TV? Exactly. Crowds. You've, got yeah. to have, you've got to have a heartbreak hill in there or something like that where you just pack it down like road. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's exciting times. What yeah, else good got, on you. Um, I think it's great. If people you know, want to follow what you guys are doing, what's the, what's the best place to do that? And, and anything else you want to sort of promote and get out there? Uh, well, the coaching uh, company that we've just launched is KIS, Keep It Simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie and I both are aren't the best at social media and things, but we're on there. <laughs> such a, it's such a, a waste of your life, but isn't it? Yeah, no, <laughs> but nowadays you've kind of got to do it, don't you? Yeah, so it's like, you got to do it. Yeah. But, but just, yeah, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So Just lastly, um, so you're, you're, you're not racing this weekend, but what's the big goal for you moving forward? I've got a love affair with Nice. Um, nice. I've gone there three times and kind of struggled. And so... Yeah, I just raced Cozumel last weekend and, and ran all right there in the heat, so I'll do the Ironman there in November. Yep. And, and hopefully, yeah, if I can run 245, it doesn't really matter what I swim and bike there, I'll, I'll, mm. I'll place pretty well. Yeah. And if that goes well, then, yeah, Nice in, in June, because mm. it, it's a challenging bike course, but it's super, super hot, like here in Kona. I don't know if people And so you like that. the heat, do you? I don't really like the heat, because <laughs> I'm a big-time sweater. Yeah. But uh, the course, the bike course, suits me. So, okay. yeah, Nice, and, uh, and then we'll go back to Switzerland next summer and, and do Alpe d'Huez and maybe Umbrum again, because mm. I enjoy awesome. those races. Why not, eh? Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Oh, good luck, um, Carrie, at the weekend, and good luck, Scott, with all your athletes. Yeah. And uh, keep us informed about what's going on with Collins Cup and the Yeah, we, we, definitely, try we definitely want to spread the word, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Great work. Awesome, Thanks, guys. Okay, so I've got Adrian Fui Fui Moi Moi, which is this big Samoan boy next to me. He's, he's absolutely massive. How are you going, Adrian? Bev, good to see you. He's, he's actually not. He's, he's a pretty typical skinny white triathlete. So how are you going, mate? I'm really good. Uh, feeling fit. I'm just glad not at home in winter in Australia. So. So, so it's your first time racing here? First time racing, third time visiting. So got to know it a little bit without uh, racing. Now I can actually settle in and have a crack at it. So what changes when you come back as an athlete? Uh, can actually spend some time uh, just chilling out in the afternoons, not having to feel like you have to see everything here yeah. and fill every day. Yeah. Um, and actually, yeah, just, just recover in the afternoon, spend some time inside. And you said your partner's raced here five times, is it? Yeah, Natalie's raced here five times um, and, you know, been in top three out of age group oh, out of wow. the water. So wow. she can swim yeah. and uh, 
and has won marathons outright. So she's a good wow. athlete. So that's why I need to keep training. Well, you're saying that the real goal is to be the, the fastest in the lounge room. So what's the chances? Lace and SmackDown. Well, I have because she hasn't raced an Ironman this year. So, oh. so far, I'm, I'm killing her. I'm very happy. Sharp, sharpen up. Is it Natalie? Was it? Yeah. yeah, sharpen up, Natalie. Come on. You're faster than swimming in the run. But hey, he's going to take you this year. So she's not racing this time? She's not racing. So she's here to spectate and brought her parents out so she oh, can cool. tour the island. So. And do you actually stay around afterwards? or? Uh, no, I've spent my holidays qualifying yeah. and at Talpo and then. Yeah. I had a good holiday after Taupo up in the Bay of Islands, so really enjoyed New Zealand, had a long holiday. So this is the business trip, spent my uh, about 12 days here before it. Oh, okay, great. Um, especially coming out of winter at home, so. What's, what's the, uh, if, you know, if you had a great day on Saturday, what does, it, does that mean? About 10. I'm in better shape than before Taupo, but I know this course could beat me up. And you know what, I won't turn myself inside out like if I didn't do sub 10 at another race. So. I want to be good in the last 90 minutes. If I had one goal, that's it. Well, enjoy well, awesome, mate. Hey, good luck and uh, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Bear. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. Okay, Tim, I've got to say, well, probably the most disorganised sacrifice we've ever had before, so well done for John. Give him a clap. John, your thoughts on the race? Uh, outstanding to see Blue 70 take the lead in the swim and maintain it on the run. And let's keep this quick because my feet are burning. It's pretty warm. Uh, it's, uh, well done to all the competitors today. Give him a big clap, everybody. And let's uh, start the ceremony. Dun, 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 dun. The winner is Paul Howes from Christchurch. Come on in, Paul. Come on in, Paul. Come on in. It's an honour. Get the photo. Get the photo of John Terry Chess. Anything I ever win in Kona. There we go. Okay, Paul, tell us about tell us about your race. Well, I went a minute after yeah first started, and then uh, I was first out of the water in true Dylan McNeese style yes, with the blue seventy wetsuit on. Yeah. Threw my threw my sand shoes on, um, running shoes on, and just took off. Like lightning, weren't you? Yep. Like lightning. <laughs> well, well done, mate. Bloody good work, and congratulations. We'll be back. You come back in two years. You got to defend it. Oh God! <laughs> don't don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> buy your ticket now, T. Buy your ticket. Give me a clap, everybody. Hey. Uh, oh, Callum. We've got Callum, you forget Callum every time, mate. John, yeah, John, John's, we've got Terenzo Bottoni next to us, and uh, John's always hopeless. He forgets that Callum Millwood, poor old Callum cup, Cupcakes with Callum. Where's the love? He hasn't lived in New Zealand for a while. This is a week. Do you live in New Zealand? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, we're doing this on the on the fly. Jeez, going. Don't even get to sit down before we start this interview. <laughs> we're, we're professionals, mate. We're professionals. Um, yeah, no, I live in New Zealand. I spent... Usually spend about five, six months on, on the road and up in America. This year I went up to Girona in Spain to train with Jan, uh, and it was yeah, it was really good. Ended up cancelling a couple of races just to stay in, stay in Spain a few extra weeks, and I actually went back up there before 70.3 World Champs for a couple of weeks before that build-up. Girona seems to be the hot spot right now. Yeah, it's it's nice. Good training. Got a 50-metre pool. I uh, don't want to sell it too much because I don't want to get invaded, but uh, yeah, 50-metre pool. Cycling's really good. Cycling in Europe is unbelievable. You just you get you show the cars respect and they they respect you and I mean they'll sit behind you until it's really safe to pass and the roads are all smooth, good hills, uh, good time trialing areas and um, it's a real nice trail to run on. It's yeah just a uh, yeah, sand trail and uh, do most of the workouts along that and uh, it's yeah it's also good. Like I'm good friends with James Oram and Dion Smith, the uh, Kiwi cycling boys, and there's uh, a few other guys like Jack Bauer and and uh, the likes up there so it's good to have them to hang around with and yeah Kelly my wife uh, yeah got got to meet a few of the cycling guys wives and uh, yeah Emma Fredino as well and everyone get, got on quite well. Um, how, how big a focus is Kona for you this year you know because uh, you're spanking out those 70.3s and doing doing great performances has the year been about was it more about 70.3 worlds in Australia or more about Kona this year? Uh, 
it's it's been about Kona, and this is where ultimately where I want to succeed, and and um, yeah, put put a lot of eggs in this basket. I actually got injured uh, as I got up to Girona, so I had two weeks off running and came back home. Got a cortisone put in my hip just before 70.3 worlds, and um, yeah, since then I've recovered well and training's gone really well. And I yeah, I know over Ironman distance I haven't had a race that that I know I'm capable of. So. I'm, uh, I mean, I feel a lot smarter. I feel like I've developed a lot as an Ironman athlete and, and an athlete, and just like to put a solid day together out there and see what I can do. What, what has been your Achilles heel here? Has it been injury? Has it been the lead up? Has it been the heat? Has it just been execution on race day? What do you feel has sort of been making you come unstuck in Kona? Well, it's not just Kona; it's uh, Ironman in general. I think. Um, yeah, I tend. I, I mean, I tend to hit pretty good numbers leading into the race, and. All of a sudden, uh, 110 k's in, we start to see that ugly monster, which is Iron Man. But I, yeah, I think I mean I'm getting stronger and stronger year after year, and uh, changed my training a bit. Did a, I mean fitting in with Jan and Nick Castellan, his training partner. Um, yeah, it's been been interesting and different stimuli, I think, which has been good. So uh, training's been good. I think nutrition, probably hydration-wise, I I've uh, probably neglected how important that is and I, I think I mean I always finish finish here and I've put on four kilos instead of losing four kilos so I probably don't need to drink as much water <laughs> what, what, what do you respond well to you know like when you look at your training what are the things that you've noticed in this last period of time that has actually had an effect on the way you can perform well this this last block uh, has been there's been a lot more intensity um, I mean I usually kind of get a more strength endurance based stuff this is more um, Ironman race pace there's lots of yeah lots lots of race pace stuff every day and I seem to be recovering really well but I think probably the most most beneficial thing for me is having uh, having the guys to train with day in and day out and and push each other day in and day out and and when you have you when you have two guys who are uh, well, one's the best in the world and the others are, are pretty He's gonna. He, I reckon he will be the best in the world in, uh, in the next couple of years. But uh, having having them training with you every day, you you make sure you bring your A game. You're you're focused on your recovery. You're uh, yeah. I mean, you're not you're not out walking <laughs> walking your kid and then take going out for coffee and hanging out. You're you know, okay. I got to recover. Got to get ready for the next workout. And and uh, that's yeah. That's that's really important to high performance. I think. Um, we often hear stories about Mark Allen and, and probably Lessing as well. They used to just go out and just crush people in training. And we know you're strong as an ox. You've got Fredino. Is he, is he one of those dudes like, like Allen and, and Lessing who just go out there and just ride people off his wheel? Or is he more of a measured trainer? Uh, well, it's all, I mean, it's all quite scientific, I think, as most of us are nowadays. <laughs> um, so he gets, he gets his numbers and... And it's uh, boom. These these are your numbers. You got to stick to your numbers for whatever the intervals are, and and uh, and that's that really. So it's not. And then I've yeah. I mean I consult consult with my coach John Ackland, and we fit in and decide what our numbers are and what my numbers are, and and I go out and stick to them. And uh, it's I think it's really important to stay in control, stay in control of your own program and and what you're doing, and not uh, not not get carried away with what the other guys are doing and that's probably going to be one of my big themes on the race tomorrow is uh yeah I'll race on the weekend <laughs> is yes yeah, stick to my stick to my plan and control what I can control you've been working with John for Bevan's crumbled with the squad oh I tell you what I'm, 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 I'm in the worst position I've got Laura and Laura's interview's gone on um so th- 
one of the th- you've been working with John Ackland for pretty much day one, really, for, haven't you? So, you know, when you've worked with a coach for such a long time, how does that relationship evolve, and how do you make sure that both of you guys are still getting value from the relationship? Good question. Jeez. <laughs> That's why I sat down. It was, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, John and I have been working together yeah, since day one, and, and and it's, yeah, it's kind of evolved from just a coach into to a mentor and a coach and uh, and now on to a, a friend and he's actually the godfather of my son Cavallo uh, so I, I respect really respect and appreciate everything John's done for me over the years uh, he he knows that that I'm at the stage where I kind of need people to train with I yeah just finding it hard to get out every day by yourself and I mean, I've been doing the sport for 18 odd years and and uh, I don't feel old, but I just like to. I like to, yeah, keep it, keep it spiced up, and and keep it fun and and, and lighthearted, and uh, and yeah, John appreciates that, and we just make sure that, yeah, make sure that if I'm, I am fitting in with Jan, we're uh, we're doing so on my terms and, and keeping in control. Um, post Kona, the plan are we uh, hitting Taupo seventy point three and Ironman New Zealand again? Uh, definitely Neutral Ground Ironman New Zealand is on. Oh, look at that for the sponsor, hey? And, and he's on the bottom in New Zealand. He's a big star. He's on the boxes of Neutral Ground as well. So well done. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, probably first up after this will be Island House try. So I just got an invite to that, which I'm quite looking forward to. And um, what will be after that? Is, uh, I'm still. Yeah, I'll see what happens on the weekend. I wouldn't mind doing Ironman WA. Um, try to get a fast time there, and then. Yeah, just weighing up between Ironman seventy, uh, Talpo seventy point three and uh, Bahrain seventy point three. Just, just um, if you would have a perfect day on race day, what would that mean? Perfect day out there, uh, probably uh, uh, either yeah, probably a front front group swim coming out of the water, feeling like I've been swimming catch up the whole swim. <laughs> um, jump on the bike and uh, just. Be comfortable in the group and be one of the guys who can move forward in those later stages of the ride. Of the ride, so coming down from Harvey and then uh, up near Waikoloa, the, that last hour coming back from Scenic Point, uh, and then just just holding, keeping keeping my shit together on the run. <laughs> uh, I think I mean Ali Drive. It's tough because you you get off the bike, you've been smashing it, and you got to find your running legs. But uh, once once you've found them, Ali Drive is reasonably yeah, reasonably easy part of the run. You got the spectators, you got aid stations. Uh, you get out to the highway at 17 kilometres into the run. That's where uh, the boys get separated from the men, I guess. And hopefully, I can prove that I'm a man, not a boy anymore. <laughs> uh, my last question is: um, if, you, if you're riding along in the pack there, and say you're sitting about 15th wheel or something like that, what's sort of going through your mind at the time? Are you going? Right, I've got to make sure no gaps open up. Or what? Are you just rolling along the Queen K, just shitting yourself that the gaps are going to open up? Or what's your sort of approach as you're riding along? Um, I guess every different part of the course, you're you're going through different things in your mind. Um, like, yeah, if, when leading into a hill, you you're looking at what what the hill is, what gear you need to be in, uh, what's your cadence at, what's your power at, and uh, and and monitoring that, managing that. But yeah, also you you don't want to start letting gaps open up because that's when I mean if there's a if there's 30 guys in that front group at the start, then they all just start slotting in and and uh, before you know it, you're 30th wheel and you're trying to make your way back up to the front. So it's yeah, every diff- every part of the course is is different and uh, and just just 
keeping those processes at that time in the front of my mind is I think what's going to help me get through the race as quick as possible. We might have asked you these questions before but uh, we'll go again, wax or shave? <laughs> I wish it was that simple, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> it's a complicated process. <laughs> um, a bit of both actually, yeah. well yeah I've even um, tried this new stuff called swim tech and getting uh, for hair removal and that works pretty pretty good too. There you go, John, that's your next level. I, I, go, I keep it original, you know, I keep it original. If you, were to run a, if you were to run a straight marathon, flat out, good training, six months, no injury, what do you reckon you'd do? Well, one of the guys said something con pretty controversial eh, and they, they did an interview and they said, oh yeah, I can run a 212. So I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, it was Rasmus, eh? yeah, yeah. I just popped that one out. No, um, I, I reckon... Around a 220 is definitely a kind of 220, 224 is in my ballpark. But uh, would you want to? Would I want to run a straight marathon? I don't think so. <laughs> it, would, it would be nice to actually have a fast marathon. And you, you speak to a runner, and they're like, "What? What? What time did you run off the bike?" I'm like, "Well, my best is like 2:48." And it's like, well, "That wouldn't put you very well at the Auckland Marathon champs, would it?" <laughs> um, but in a half half Ironman, man, you probably run about a 111, have you, or 112? <laughs> Yeah, PBing around, I think of, uh, yeah, 71. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. It's wicked. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. <laughs> Good luck, mate. You're a Kiwi hope, mate. We need the Kiwis. Go the, go the Kiwi. Or the Cullum as well. The Kiwis. Yeah, thanks, mate. Good luck. Okay, John, we're at the uh, expo area right now, and it's an it's a annual, or a biannual expo... Experience. Expo experience. Expo experience. We should patent that, shouldn't we? And uh, pretty typical. Yeah, there's lots of bike stores. We'll just pause here because we don't want to go throw our mic in front of the next person because it's going to be it's a pre-arranged our next one. Oh, hey, uh, but yeah, bikes, bikes everywhere. It's very getting very quiet because today is Thursday. It is really noticeable, isn't it? Like it's almost like the calm before the storm. Like normally Friday's a bit like this, but we're now at one o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, and it's dead now, isn't it? It is. But I think when I came down before, it was a lot busier. So I think people will be home for lunch, yep. chilling out, and uh, yeah, it's good. If we come down here tomorrow. You'll hear a pin drop. You'll hear a pin drop, team, and it's on. It's on the grass, so it's going to be bloody impressive if you hear a pin drop on the grass. Okay, we'll be back soon. Do you mind? Of course not. Of course not. It's, it's promo. It's PR. We've got uh, the guys from Quantana Roo here. We've got Brad from Quantana Roo. Brad, how you going, Brad? Doing well. Doing well. You're you're like our favourite people this week because you seem to be the lifesavers of Ironman Week for people who have stress with their bikes. Thank you. It's it's what we do. We show up on the island, bring as many bikes as we can, lots of spare parts. Um, takes a lot of service, a lot of you know. You just you got to really respect the athletes and and try to be here for them because they've got so much investment in what's going on, and just that broken derailleur hanger or you know, in worst cases, you know the the airlines getting here. It's really damaging on the bike. So that's our inspiration is to uh, design really durable, travel-worthy bikes. And when you see that happen, you know, you've got to deep, dig deep in your soul and, and have some compassion. So, fortunately, we've been able to help. Um, it's obviously a pretty competitive industry, the old, uh, you know, we, bikes all over the place over here. How, how do you guys try to differentiate yourself from the others? Well, you know, I've personally been in the industry almost 30 years now. You seem too young. <laughs> Thank Are you 31? You started when you were one? Yeah, stop winking. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot, I've, I'm in product design, product development, uh, but try to keep my focus on what the athlete's needs are, uh, be sympathetic to the sport as a whole. And so our real passion is trying to deliver technology further down the price range. 
help not only the entry-level athlete, but the mid-range athlete, the up-and-comer, someone who's really just gotten the bug and, and now they're ready to make a solid investment. Um, but we, we really choose not to participate in the fashion show, you know, if you will. And our, our heart and soul is value and performance. So um, that's, that's our MO. You know, we try to be an humble brand, uh, but somebody who really feels for the athlete and, and can relate totally. And you guys just do try as or TT bikes as opposed to road and all that mountain bikes and everything like that. Right, we're triathlon only. Uh, you know, we do have a sister brand in titanium, different material, different style, you know, different segments. But Quintana Roo is is, is try to the core. And you've done well, haven't you? Because you know, when we think about just being here for ten years, you know, like the different brands that have come and gone. Yeah. You know, you guys have been around for a long time. Why, why do you feel you have that kind of longevity and, and quite a competitive game? Um, I think it all comes back to being, you know, we have athletic heritage as, as individuals here and, uh, you know, carrying that into our business, having compassion for the athlete. Well, yeah, what we haven't mentioned was Lee the other day, he lost his bike, yeah. but pretty cracked in his bike and he came along to you guys and you, and you really stepped up to the plate and uh, just gave him a bike to use in the race and you're saying there's another girl as well. Yeah, it, you know, it seems to happen, uh, hopefully it never happens again, but it seems like every year there's someone that has some tragedy with their bike. Um, you know, we've had folks that were hit here in the intersection before us. I've, I've watched accidents happen and um, been able to help serve and get somebody on the race course on Saturday. Um, so that's, I don't know why that continues to, you know, uh, happen with us. But this year there's actually been two athletes that we've been able to save. So Good on you because it's bloody impressive, mate. Loving it. So and I had a chat with Callum Millwood before and uh, caught up with him. Cupcakes with Cal. So he's a Quantana Roo athlete. So Good stuff and uh, all the best for the rest of the week. Thank you guys for being here. It means a lot. Okay, we've got the Hoff. Uh, and I know that, John. Why do I know that? Because he's got the lovely chain around the neck. Do you get sick and tired of the Hoff questions or is it all part of the oh, image? He's embraced it. Look at him. Oh, no, I absolutely love it, man. I mean, that's my, you know, that's part of my brand, the Hoff. Yeah, for sure. So, no, I've got the bling right now. You know, I'm feeling good. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go out there and give everything I have on race day. Talk us, oh, you probably answered this question loads of times, but talk us through last year after the year before's performance, and uh, it's sometimes hard to, to back them up. Oh, without a doubt, and especially in Hawaii, you know, I mean, it's one of those races, like MG was just saying up there in front of everybody, you know, Hawaii, if you let your guard down for a second, it's going to come up and smack you in the face, and, you know, I think last year, physically I was fit, mentally maybe not perfectly in the sharp space that I am again now, and that I was in 2014, but... Yeah, you really can't be 1% off here. And last year, my nutrition was off a bit. My guts were bad on the marathon, and, you know, I went backwards. So, yeah, but it is one of those things, too, I think, where you learn what you can from the mistakes here, and then you just try to come back stronger and fight again because every year in Kona is really tough, and uh, all you can do is show up in your best condition and try to execute on the day. Did, what's, what, what Did you change your training much after the year you had really success? I did change a few things in a strength program and, um, you know, the actual triathlon training of swim, bike, and run wasn't too tremendously different, but I experimented with a few different things like altitude tents and whatever. And, you know, some of those things, I, I feel like it's part of being professional, right? You you try different things. You try to incorporate things to take that next step forward. But at the same time, you try to keep everything that you know that works intact in your program. And this year, I would say it was more of a revisiting those things that I know work. And, you know, I gave that a test run in South Africa early in the year. It went really well. And that kind of reinforced that probably just sticking to that is the best plan for me right now. And um, and I did a similar thing leading into this race. So hopefully it pans out on Saturday. 
So we've talked to lots of guys this week and they're, they're, we're sort of saying, what's your hope and expectation? They're sort of saying, look, I'm just going to do my thing and, you know, I think I'm capable of a top 10. For you, you kind of been there, done that. Is it sort of put it all on the line and it's a win or an explosion? Well, that's a great question, actually, because I think it's a bit of both, actually. On one hand, like last year, I came with that mindset, and I felt like I had this pressure on me where I was like, oh, well, if you're on the podium the year before, you have the best opportunity historically to win. And, you know, I think I got caught up in some of that hype. And I hear a lot of guys that say, you know, I'm just going to do my race. And that makes me chuckle a little bit because, well, I'll see you on race day if all these guys are really just doing their race. It's very hard, you know, to stay in your own head out here and to not pay attention to the other athletes. And, um uh, you know, I think that all that said, I am actually going to try to do that. And when I had my best performance here, I was keying off of other athletes at certain moments. I mean, Frederick Van Leerd and I rode the last 30 miles in together, and I think that was a really smart decision. Um, that said, on the marathon, I just did my pace. I didn't worry about anybody, and it put me in a great position. So I think there's moments in the race when you key off other athletes, and there's moments when you need to do your own thing. But overall, you've got to know your limits in certain senses, and you've got to make sure you don't overextend at the wrong moment. Um, but at the end of the race, that last 10 miles, you've got to be ready to race, and you've got to be ready to dig to a place you've never been in your life. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's one thing for sure, too, this year. I've come prepared to suffer, and I actually want to, because I know that if I'm suffering, I'm doing it right. And I think you really have to want to suffer. I think a lot of guys are afraid to suffer. I'm not afraid to suffer. You mentioned your nutrition before. What is your nutrition as you go through the day? Well starting in the morning I just have a simple breakfast I've got a little bit of toast and almond butter banana some coconut water simple and uh, you know it's pretty light pretty simple um, I have a gel about 30 minutes before the race that's caffeinated gel uh, just to kind of top off that tank right before I get in the water but also not you know add too much to the stomach and then the rest of the day it's really just about hydration and fueling with liquid fuel so I have a cliff shot nutrition mix that I use and I just mix that up to a gel consistency I sip off that bottle throughout the race usually every 10 to 15 minutes and I chase that with water and I think a lot of people make the mistake they don't know how dilute you need to have those sugars you really need to have it down that six to eight percent solution range otherwise your stomach's not going to handle it I use a couple salt tabs every hour and that seems to work for me when I get on the run especially in the last 10 miles it's kind of a free-for-all you're throwing in the coke and the caffeine and you just do everything you can because at that stage if you can get a little kick out of the caffeine that's what you want but you're probably not going to do a lot in terms of fueling your system at that stage and you know it's probably not going to hurt you too bad either if you put a little extra in just, just with going back to your kind of the Hoff you know this kind of brand you know but no but like in some ways no no not more in a comical way but as in like you know like you're a product uh, and you are trying to make money off your performance as an athlete and stuff and so has it has, has been kind of jumping onto that Hoff and really embracing it has it helped you kind of create awareness around yourself well I think I don't know exactly how everybody else out there views me and I do like to say sometimes I mean I know haters are gonna hate so I think sometimes you know I don't I, I have this mindset of what other people think about me well that's not really my business and now that's also got an asterisk next to it because I'm a business and I do care I mean I need to respond to some of that stuff but at the end of the day look I'm trying to have fun with this it's a lifestyle I really enjoy and I'm trying to be I don't know somewhat human as well right like I'm trying to have fun with this and make sure that people understand that we're not just robots I mean I'm a human being that's out there and I'm not just also doing triathlon I mean I'm trying to have a balanced life and enjoy other aspects of my life as well um, this is a very time-consuming and energy-consuming sport it's very self-involved but you know I'm trying to bring a little bit of a lighter side to it too and have fun with it because it helps remind me that hey this is just triathlon at the end of the day we're not saving the world we're doing a sport and it's important I think it's inspirational but you know 
it's also very self-serving in a lot of ways and it's just triathlon so you know let's keep it fun let's keep it light that's why we're all here it's a community of athletes that want to do inspirational things push themselves and challenge themselves but also to have fun with it it's been interesting for John and I over the years. We've spent a lot of time talking to guys who are current pros or previous pros, and it's really interesting to kind of explore what is their motivator. You know, like I remember we talked to Peter Reed years ago, and he talked about how kind of proving to his father how much that was his motivator. And and the different athletes, it's different thing. You know, in your deepest, darkest moment, what is the thing that motivates you the most? I think it's to be honest with myself, to know that I'm doing my very best effort because. When you're done, when you look back, especially if you've had bad races where maybe you've kind of quit mentally, right, and you get done with it, the thing that stings the most is not your placing. I mean, last year I think I was just inside the top 30, 27th or something, right? Well, I don't really care about that, but then I, I go home and I think, did I really get the best out of myself in every single moment? Can I be honest with myself? And those are the things where you have to look yourself in the mirror. And so I think when I'm out there in my darkest moment, I'm saying to myself, are you getting the best out of yourself? And that's really where I go. And if I, uh, if I can answer honestly yes, then the placing is irrelevant, you know. It's just whether or not I really went to that place and got the very best out of myself. I dug to the depths of my soul and uh, had my best performance. And I think for an athlete of your level, it's the search for that moment is, is the appeal, isn't it? Absolutely. In fact, um, part of where this search came from was I <clears throat> had a history of doing some training with Chrissy Wellington in Boulder, Colorado. And I remember when she did her last race here, you know, she was really fit, crazy fit. And then she had her little accident before the race. And I remember training with her and I was like, there is no question that this girl is going to smash this record, lower her own record. No question. By 10 minutes, maybe, you know, she was in that kind of shape. And she had the accident and she had this race where she said, basically, I transcended what I believed was possible for myself. And she's like, that's when I knew that I was done. Like I had done what I needed to in this sport because I had that moment where what I thought was possible, I went even beyond that, way, way beyond that, to a place I you know, was only dreaming of, of finding you know, the absolute limit. And then she was like, that's it, I'm done. And uh, you know, I, I'm not sure I can say that if I got there that I would be done, but I think it's pretty, pretty intriguing to think about being in that place. Nice, uh, a couple of uh, random questions to finish. Wax or shave? Uh, I'm a shaver. Everyone's a shaver, John. You need to get over it. Uh, if you run a fast marathon without any injury, six months training, what do you reckon you'd do? Oh, just an open marathon and no triathlon training involved in it. I think I could probably go 232. Well, that's quite accurate, but we think it's a bit slow. We think you go faster than that. Oh, I appreciate you guys <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah. I'd go faster than that. I mean, uh, I've done 243 in an in a, uh, Ironman marathon. I've actually never done an open marathon before. I guarantee you can go faster than that. I know from training with marathoners that that is an agonizing undertaking as well to run a fast marathon. So I don't want to, you know, say I could run in the 220s. That's, uh, I don't want to disrespect anyone who's done it. Okay, well, I think, you, I think they need you for a photo. So here we go, mate. See you, mate. Thank Thanks, you mate. Thank you, guys. I'm always worried when John tells me to slow down because it's something I don't do very well. Yeah. Um, but we've got who? got Helene Watson from uh, Poe in France. Yeah, is that the partner of? Yes, it is a partner of our famous Christchurch triathlete. Oh, I came into your house one time and had dinner with him. Yeah. Years ago. Ah, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, and the brand we're looking at is my Kiwi friend, Kiwami. Do you know what that means, Bevan? Yes, it means Kiwi and me. No, Kiwi and friend. <laughs> that's, that's, I knew it was close. So, Helene, tell us about your Kona experience. And Helene herself... Did you win Ironman France? Yes. Yes. 2003. Yeah. So top athlete herself. And I remember we went over to France, oh, when did we first go? Maybe 2007, I think we were doing a camp. And Kiwami was, at that stage, 
just sort of starting to build up. There was yeah, box, they literally boxes started working with the ITU guys, didn't they? Yeah, and boxes everywhere, but now it's just, they're in Kona, got a nice big space here, and it's gone nuts. So tell us a little bit about Kiwami and, and your sort of, how you differentiate what you're doing compared to some of the others. Yeah, well, we started the brand with Craig in 2003 after we retired, and um, we started with uh, triathlon suits mainly, um, and along the years, we've had many demands for um, items also in swimming range, uh, running range, biking range. So, um, yeah, the brand is still growing and we've got this kind of Kiwi French spirit. So we're combining both and it's going well. Have you been to Kona? Is this your first time in Kona? No, it's our third year in Kona. And uh, this year we've moved to the official expo and we've got a bigger space and people are happy to find us and it's really cool. Loving the uh, arm warmers over there. You've got uh, different the white arm warmers or arm coolers with all different countries and stuff on them. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, to protect from the sun as well. You know, it's burning here, yeah. so we're thinking of um, the long hours on the bike. So we've got all the swimwear as well. That's going really well. Of course, people want to go and have a swim, and you know, we're thinking of the athletes really. Now. Um with a lot of products these days, uh, they're not made locally, but you guys have actually, you do all the production yourself. Yeah, we've um, sort of um, um, built up a facility in France where we do not all the production, but about 60% of the production is made in France, which, is, which was a bit of a challenge to start with, but um, we're very happy to have that now because it gives us a lot of flexibility. Um, we are very um, uh, reactive on the on the design, and we can sort of create a model in the morning and go training with it in the afternoon. So that's pretty cool. Well, game on! How do you find being here all day? How do you find being in the, in the expert area? Is it a, is it a long, hard day for you? It is long. It is it is hot, but we love it because we see so many people. You know, customer friends like Johnny, and <laughs> you know, it's it's good to catch up with. We had Marklin here yesterday, and Maddie Reed, and all these guys. So it's it's really the place to be. Can't complain. <laughs> did uh, Did you ever race here or not? No, unfortunately, I didn't take. I was qualified. I don't know a couple of times. I didn't take the slot at that time. I should have, I think. <laughs> but yeah, now I'm coming as an expo, and it's good. It's good too. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Guys, check it out, Kiwami, uh, and check it all out, guys. Love your work. Thank you so much. On well, an interesting question to think about when we're at, when we're at the expo is, what do you reckon this year? The bikes, the bike, combined bike cost at the start of the race would be because we've got two and a half thousand athletes haven't we so let's let's say uh you'd have to think most people bikes over here are going to be five thousand maybe I'm, I'm not a big bike purchaser myself but i did notice that the uh the quantana no not the quantana Roo, the uh the new Cervelo is apparently fifteen thousand us fifteen thousand us for a bike whoa it's a lot of money so yeah, I reckon, I reckon probably 7,000 is probably the average. I think the more interesting question is not necessarily how much, but what, who's going to be the, the leader in the bike count this year? Mm, oh, sorry. I just bumped into someone. They were in my way. Get out of my face. Um, did, did, did you put a big shoulder charge in on anybody in the aquathon? No, what happened actually? People cleared the way. Did you see that? Yeah. Although when I went into the, the in, just into that little laneway, there was a lady with a kid in a pram, and I was a bit like, oh, get out of my way. But yeah. <laughs>
Very good. Okay, so we're seeing we're seeing all the big brands here. We've got the Rokers, we've got the Tries, Try Travels, we've got the Skills brand, which is, seems to be a big thing right now. That was what the girls were wearing in the Aquathon today. John, you look hot in one of those. Betty Designs. What is it called? Betty, Betty, Betty Designs, I think. And what does Betty stand for? What does Betty stand for? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's something like badass babes or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. So we should we should figure that out. Okay, then we've got Dirk here from Training Peaks. He's over there. It's all go, John. So there you go. So this, this is the expo. I myself free cliff bar here. Okay, let's try. Here's a challenge. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna commentate. He's walking up to the th he's walking up to the thing, and he's just trying to see. He's just looking at the blocks. So the, the blocks happening there. Blocks? Yep, blocks. Oh. Is that one block or is that multiple yeah, blocks? He's, he's doing well, Tim. He's just asking about the product, kind of pretending like he really cares, you know. And then, but I think they're giving him away for free anyway. So I'm going to go down the far end of the cliff bar. John's going to John's going to succeed, but but down here, look at this. Oh, look at this. Thank you very much. Coconut chocolate chip. That looks amazing. Thank you very much. Love your work. See that team? You just charm the socks with them. Here we go. Oh, he got the blocks and the gel. But I got the cliff. There we go. So there we go. Oh, now no, cross from that. Across from that, John, what we've got, we've got here coffee from Hawaii. So if you want to get some coffee, it's not coffee, it's Hawaii, but is it? You've got to try the normal tech boots. Oh, there's a bit of a queue. Uh, do I have to? No. Takes too long, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep, so we've got that. We've got the hot shots, gills. Yep, it's a, it's a, the expo is unbelievable, John. Yeah, great. <laughs> Life-changing expo. Got a girl in a wheelchair. Let's go lie on the bed. Oh, look at this. Okay, okay. We're going to restperformance.com. Let's, let's have an interview for these guys. Restperformance.com. Okay, okay, team. Restperformance.com. What's the story here? Who am I talking to? Okay, over here. He put his hand up. What's your name, mate? I'm Bryant Looper. I'm the head of sales for REST Responsive Surface Technology. And what does that mean? The REST bed is the perfect mattress for triathletes. It's the only bed in the world that can give you targeted zone support. So you can custom fit the bed when you lay down. If it's too firm in your shoulders because you're sore from a swim day, you can relieve pressure in your shoulders. You can relieve pressure in your hips. You can custom fit the bed however you want it to feel based off the training that you've done the day before. John and I are going to get on a bed. Uh, is it a bit of a concern about sweaty, sweaty people getting on your beds this week? At this point, uh, the bed is basically waterlogged from <laughs> professionals and, and age groupers who've been trying this bed all week. So uh, join the team. Okay, okay. John, John and I are going to get to yeah. bed together. We, we often get into bed together anyway. So okay, so John's getting on the bed. I'm just putting my mic. Oh, Jesus, creepers, the mic on the ground. Got to get rid of my bag. Okay, John's getting on the bed as well. Okay, would you be left side or right side, John? Left side, he got stuck on the left side. I'm on the right side. Okay, so I'm lying on top of the bed. I'm breaking a few bed rules right now, team, because I've got my shoes on. And John's the same. Okay, here we go. We've got, they give us a little iPad. How you feeling, John? No, no, don't cuddle me. Oh, cozy, cozy. Can you, can you could draw mine as well? Yes, yes. Okay, good, because I'm trying to commentate here. Yeah. What I'm going to do now is you're going to feel the bed getting softer underneath you because I'm going to take it to your lumbar and your hip section and soften it up. So you'll see that's your pressure map right there. Now the bed's getting softer. You feel it getting softer? Yeah, I feel it. You feel it getting softer? He's doing your one at the moment. Oh, okay, he's doing mine. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't want anything to get too much harder, John. Now... Can't really lying down the job right now. <laughs> now, my wife would be interested to know: Can you like, can a wall raise in the middle of the bed to, for, <laughs> for, for, for her protection? We've got that in R&D right now. Hopefully, uh, that's a 2017 model. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll sell millions. It's a billion-dollar product. <laughs> It'd be a guaranteed sale in Christchurch. <laughs>
Okay, give me some shoulder support. I want some shoulder support. My shoulders, we did the Equithon challenge this morning. My shoulders are killing me. Okay, there we go. Let's make it firmer in your shoulder then. That's the beauty of it. It'll, it can change as you want it to change. And the coolest thing about the rest bed is it has a setting where it'll automatically detect pressure points throughout the night. And if it notices that too much pressure is in your shoulder, say at 2 o'clock in the morning, it'll adjust without you waking up or knowing it. It's the only bed in the world that makes real-time automatic adjustments to ensure you get increased blood circulation throughout the night. So that way you get... How does it figure that out? There's a medical grade sensor that's sewn underneath you right now that came from the hospital industry for patients who couldn't move and they could tell that too much, uh, they weren't getting enough blood circulation to their legs or to their arms and it'll make that automatic adjustments. The rest bed is the commercialization of that technology. Okay, let's, let's ask the hard question, John. What, what, kind of, what, what are we paying for this? Well, you're going to pay the low, low price of $6,500. <laughs> Um, it retails around the same price as like a high-end Tempur-Pedic or sleep number bed. What we're doing here at Kona though, and I'm, for those listening out there, if you buy the bed by the end of business tomorrow, we'll offer $2,000 off the bed. So you can get it for $4,500. We'll also give you a 90-day 100% risk-free trial. If you don't love the bed, you can return it for a full refund. We'll deliver anywhere in the world. International shipping takes about four weeks. Stateside takes about two to three weeks. And the bed comes with a 10-year full non-prorated warranty. Is the bed meant to post? Is it pulsing? Does the bed pulse? Uh, it doesn't necessarily pulse per se, but it does make subtle adjustments that increase blood flow. I think John's getting excited then. I think the other bonus these guys have got is they've got almost air conditioning in here. They've got a fan blowing. Yeah. It's brilliant. Look, we made an air conditioner. I've got a unit. They'll put it on the line here, team. So what's the website? www.restperformance.com or on uh, Twitter you can go to us at at restperformance. Okay, team, there you go. John and I just going to learn have for the next couple of hours. He gets a prize for best salesman here, I think, so far. He's doing his job. I tell you what, you need a pay rise, mate. You need a pay rise. Yep. He's doing your boss. We'll write you an email. We'll give you a testimonial. Okay, I love your work. John, you know what? I'm feeling more relaxed now. He's eating that cliff bar that he got just a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> It's actually not bad, it's not as good as an M's power coffee, oh, but, okay. but no sponsor yeah. bias here. No, none at all. Never, that would never happen with John Newsom, I tell you. So we're just going, you can hear the music in the background. We've got the big the big area, no one's actually talking right now. The talks here are always a bit of a waste of time, aren't they? You never really get anyone listening, do you? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, GoPro? Yeah, you, you, you reckon you get a free GoPro? Hoka are big, aren't they? What? what? There's a lot of Hoka here. Oh, yeah, Hoka are big. They're spending a lot of money, aren't they? Yep, yep. Um, Trek, Shimano. We've got the Zabaru. Stand up paddleboard. John, here's a question. Who's the main sponsor this year of Ironman? Mm, I think it's presented by GoPro, isn't it? It's not. Maura from Timaru is not going to be happy with you. Eating on the show. It's not um, Gatorade. It's not the GoPro Ironman. I think it's Ironman presented by GoPro. Oh. So does that mean it's less than? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you'd have to pay top dollar for it to be the, you know, the Roka Iron Man or something these days. Or the Bruce Evany. Mm, exactly. I wonder, I, wonder, I wonder what they would pay. I'd love to know. What do you reckon? Let's, let's just make up a number. Two million dollars. You reckon? Well, when Ford were paying, I reckon Ford would have paid kind of that kind of dollar. I would have thought that's pretty good value. But the, but the thing is... Because the big, the big thing Ford were paying for was the TV coverage, wasn't it? NBC. If you get on NBC, that's yeah. maybe it'd be a lot more than two million. I'm not sure. But then if it's if it's oh, so but GoPro would be a, a household brand, wouldn't it? Mm. Whereas if it was if it was like a Blue Seventy, it'd be a bit of a waste of money because most people aren't going to really know what Blue Seventy is, is it? Yeah. I think we're done, Bevan. Beach body performance. Okay, oh, let's go get a photo. John, we'll get the couple one. You, do you want to be the guy or the girl? <laughs> You be the girl. Okay, I'm sorry for this relationship. Okay, wait a second. Excuse me, can someone take a photo? 
Okay, some guy's coming over to take a photo. Racing, he's just finishing his cliff bar as well. Cliff bars are going everywhere. Okay, your name, mate? What's your name? He's, he's eating his sweet in his cliff bar. Wait a second, what have I got here? Camera, camera, camera. Okay, mate, just jump in here. Okay, we're going to do, this is going to be a little bit kind of, yep. They could have made the heat thing bigger. Put your head in there, Mark. Okay, here off. Nice one. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Oh, yeah. The rumours are starting, John. And based on that photo, they're probably true. Okay, John. Well, that's pretty much us from the expo. Pretty much once you've been here to an Ironman once, it's not much difference. Yeah, for here. Yeah, it's a uh, good amount of stuff there. Yeah. Not much food this year. No. Um, but we got to lie on a comfy bed. The bed was the highlight, wasn't it? I do like a good bed. I, that's one area when I, I like to spend a bit of money on a bed and a barbecue. Two things I like to spend money on. <laughs> I know this about you. <laughs> Why the barbecue? You've got to have a good barbecue. What's the, what's the budget then? So Because I know you're a tight ass. So when it comes to the barbecue budget, what, what are you willing to go to? Oh, 15000 I'd spend as much on a barbecue as I would on a uh, Cervelo. <laughs> nice. What about the, have you seen the Weber barbecue? I don't like the Weber. No, neither. Because it's not, it's not like an oven, isn't it? I don't get it. Because yeah, you want flame, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so we're just showing you insight into our life here, team. John's willing to spend $15,000 on a barbecue, and to him that's a good investment. Okay, well that's us from the expo, and we'll see you guys later on. Okay John, we are back. Great stuff, great show. Tell you what, that bed was setting. amazing, what's wasn't it? it? What's our longest ever show we've done? I don't know, we did 240 yesterday. I think yeah. we've done a three hour. Okay. Kind of super specials are long. Very good. Just what you do, I know most people listen to these when they're training, but what you want to do is work time, mate, don't work. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just pretend you're doing something. To do the George Costanza strategy. Yeah. So George Costanza, you used to watch Seinfeld? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his strategy was whenever your boss walks in, you always look stressed. <laughs> <laughs> and so then if you walk in, your boss looks stressed, they leave you alone. Yeah. So you look stressed, and then put I'm talk back on. Uh, Jombo, what's the plan tomorrow? Plan tomorrow is Friday. So I'm going to go out and do Coloco Drive on the bike and whoever who, with whoever else is keen. Uh, I had a quick look at it again this morning. I've never done the full ride continuous. We've sort of stopped halfway. But we're going to go up Hinalani and going to ride up the first segment there. Uh, I'm not actually quite sure how it is. You come to an intersection, go along a little bit, and then you've got Coloco Drive. And I was looking at it this morning, and we've got um, a segment there which is uh, quarter mile, 400 metres at uh, 19%, and most of the second half of the climb is sort of 15%-ish plus. It's going to be steep, it's going to be tough, it's going to be awesome. And I looked at the, the on How Strava. Uh, for the whole ride? For the, for, for the, for the, for the climb, it's uh, in excess of an hour. It's probably, for me, it might be as much as an hour and a half. So it's going to be Just a Just a climb? Long. Yeah. Well, I looked at a guy that I recognised the name, and he did the 70.3. Brian's <laughs> sitting in the background. <laughs> he's, got, he's got shock on his face. Yeah. There's this guy, Penn Pen Henderson or something like that, and he did this. used to do the 70.3 out here. Okay. And Local he was a machine on the bike. Whether or not he rode the climb hard or not, I don't know, but he had a time of 118. But uh, he's on Strava. He went hard. Yeah. He, he put it on Strava. You're not mucking yeah. around. Yeah, so I'm not sure how long it'll take. We'll report in tomorrow. But that's big focus. Uh, big focus tomorrow. What we're actually going to do tonight, Bevan and I have to go and return a hire car, yep. and it's probably going to be dark when we do it. And so we're going to be running back from the airport in the dark, which I thought might be kind of interesting. And we've actually made a rule that we have to run like we're at the last part of the race, so <laughs> ugly running as well. New rules. <laughs> <laughs> so yep, we're going to do a run tonight. How long is it going to be? I 
think it'd be close. It'd be about fifteen k. I would have thought. Oh, we're not going to smash it, are we? No, 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 of course not. Now, if you guys do want to smash it, though, um, we've got. Oh, our, here we go. That was a nice. That was a good we've, transition. We've still got a couple of spots left for our for our Roth camp, Rote camp. Um, oh yeah, of course. In uh, July next year, it is going to be an amazing experience. Just doing that race, but being part of a camp is always fun. You will have heard from some of the campers either today or tomorrow, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. It'll be really cool. I've never really gone to a race in a big group like that, and I think we're going to have a, a huge amount it of fun. It will make it really awesome, motor because, you know, like it's, you know, like you've seen the guys, you know, Brian's getting a lot of mentions today, but yeah, we were talking last night, you know, why, what's been good about the camp, and he just said, oh, the camaraderie, mm. you know, and so often when we go to Ironman races, it's kind of just you, maybe your family, but you, you do a camp, you can build this big connection with everyone, then on race day, it'd be pretty cool to have that kind of, and the next day with the stories and all and that kind of stuff. And we're going to do full, 100%. Um, course reconnaissance so like day one is going to be riding a, a lap of the course and then uh, we're going to be checking out the run and the swim later in the week we're going to go over to Regensburg which is a beautiful um, sort of historic village so we have three bases so it's going to be a lot of fun uh, but we have to have our entries in uh, in the next month or so so if you're keen get on it straight away first in best dressed and, and the reason is that it actually sold out originally straight away but a couple of people have pulled out so mm. you know if you get in now team because it will be really popular so Jonbo what's the sponsors uh, and EnduranceSportsTravel.com check, check, check it out if you want to get serviced And our regular <laughs> regular sponsors Extreme Endurance and Athlinks And our fantastic team of patrons If you want to become a patron Go to imtalk.me and, and again we can't thank these guys as much You know, If you're listening to this today It's because those people have donated to the show So thank you to the patrons Great John Iron Russ I mean nope Train hard Train smart Oh no actually John There's one other thing Yes One other thing One other thing that's really important actually So we, we've got We've got a couple of listeners to the show uh, Just a couple well, <laughs> <laughs> There's no more than two Yeah uh, But no we've got a couple of listeners to the show They've kind of been iconic listeners And it's the Link Boys Paul the Chainsaw Yeah Link. and Jim Link as well And uh, the, 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 the two identical twins Yeah Somewhere in America Where are they from Do you know I think they're both doctors as well and Yeah and they're both pretty mean athletes. Mean characters as well. Good mean guys. characters and just really good guys. And we've met them over here and they've just got lots of good energy in that. Well, well, Jim's actually, or Paul's actually going through some tough times with health. Mm. Um, don't want to go into too much detail, but we just want to see him pull some love right now because um, we know how much of a good man you are and we just hope you're fighting a good fight and we just put no way I love you away, mate. So good luck Absolutely. and uh, we're thinking of you. Anyway, John. We've already done it. But we'll do it again. Iron, Ru- Iron Man. Iron Rust. <laughs> Iron Man. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.